Hey guys, this is Ronnie. Just a reminder, these are old episodes, and if you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. And announcing a new podcast with Ed Greer, Ron Swallow, and producer Bill called The Greatest Pod. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. In addition, if you want to support us monetarily, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash thegreatestpod, and you can sign up for the $5 tier that gets you extra podcasts, or sign up for the $7 tier that gets you the extra podcasts and art sent directly to your house. We've got a new Tee Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The Mumbo Gumbo, the Pop Art Reboot Crew, the Classic Logo, and then, of course, the Rebooted Drinking Game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan-favorite comments. So, do yourself a favor. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So, thanks for listening and thanks for supporting Reboot It. At a major Hollywood studio, in a corner office of sub-basement D, the development executives toil in obscurity to reboot it. We are live, and it is the season finale of season three of Rebooted. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. The whole crew is here, and guys, we are excited. This is Rebooted, the show for the golden age of Hollywood IP, where all of your favorite properties will get reboots. It's not a matter of if, it's only a matter of when. And we are here to do it better than anybody else in town, hands down, especially Zack Snyder. With me as always, <laughs> you know them, you love them. Let's start it out with Billy Business. Hey, there's the there's the pointer. I love it. Got to point out the uh, the stars of the show here. <laughs> Beneath Billy Business, we've got Ed Greer. What's up, buddy? Oh wait, 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 Ed, you're in the wrong spot. Everyone, just hang tight, buckle up. Ooh. Okay, there you go. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you're reshuffling everything. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, for this very special Christmas episode of the Brady Bunch, we have Ron Swallow. No, there. <laughs> and Ron, Ron you, uh, I know my background has shifted, but I'm basically just trying to celebrate the holidays. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with your background. Well, I'm at the Sylvia Beach Hotel. Uh, all of their rooms are themed on authors. I'm in the Jules Verne room, and you guys got to take a look at this. This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What is that? It is a tentacle from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea uh, and a giant eye. It's, oh, uh, it's, it's great. The bed's a four-poster, but it looks like a like a steampunk four-poster four bed. It's it's great. Ron is living his best life, as are you out there. Thank you for joining us. 
We are ending season three in style, and frankly, we are capping off what was really a year-long project for us. We are, of course, doing the Justice League, the re-DCEU culmination, and I say culmination because this little project started all the way back last year. We recorded live for the first time, actually, at LA Comic-Con, and we rebooted Batman. That episode released towards the end of 2019, and in the interim, we have rebooted five, count them, five different DC franchises, Batman, Green Lantern, Superman, The Flash, and Wonder Woman, to establish a completely rebuilt, from-the-ground-up version of the DCEU. And today, we're doing that thing, baby. We're doing that thing that the studios love to do pulling it all together into the $2 billion team up. Guys, how are we feeling? Um, you know, Justice League has had a rough couple of years. Um, uh, dare I say we couldn't do too much more damage to it, right? Let <laughs> <laughs> it be what it is. Okay. Go, Ron. Oh, okay. He takes a drink right at that time. This is live. I think um, overall, I think there are low expectations from a certain segment of the arg of of the audience, but also there is the magnum amount of high expectations because it yep. is all of these icons getting together for ostensibly the first time. And why would such great icons have to team up? Is a is a central question. I don't want to get into it too early, but that's my main contribution. Why is this happening? Bill always harps on it. I'm going to harp on it this episode. Why is this happening right now? What would draw these pantheon of gods together? What task is so big, so Sisyphusian that they must get together? That's the task. Absolutely, Ron. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, excited. Me and Grogu. Uh, oh, wait, I can never point at the right thing. Me and Grogu are hanging <laughs> out. We brought uh, Baby Yoda's with us. Uh, we're ready to tackle this. I, You know, you guys, I don't, I just feel like one of the, the most important things we can do is keep an even tone. Uh, one of the things that about the newest Justice League was that tone was just like all over the place. Obviously, it was sort of half done by Snyder and half done by Whedon and it's a mess because of that. Uh, but I think that we can build upon what we've already made to build a cohesive and even theme all the way through it. Uh, and I am excited to do it because uh, it. Just, I think we talked a bit about this a little bit offline, but like I've been wanting to see a Justice League movie since I was a kid that was like amazing. And uh, now I get to be part uh, of making one with you guys uh, on this YouTube video. And I'm pretty excited about it. I think we all got a little bit of that giddiness to us, but I want to touch on what you said around this idea that we've already established a tone because we have. And frankly, we're going to be building today on groundwork that we've laid over several hours worth of content. And to make sure that all you watching at home are kind of on the same page as us, know what we're getting into, we made a little something special. And here is our recap of all the groundwork we've laid in the DCEU. The Re-DCEU, a world of heightened design, sci-fi story engines, and eldritch cosmic forces. 
In a Gotham cross between the Tim Burton designs and old world London, orphan Dick Grayson tracks down the Batman on a mission of vengeance for his parents. Bruce Wayne in his prime as urban legend Batman has just begun to unravel a secret plot to sabotage geniuses, disfigure public servants, and drive the poor to desperation. All of whom Batman spends his nights beating to a pulp. The Dark Knight and his young ward will learn that brutalizing crime may be blinding them to a bigger enemy. The alliance of Black Glove or Court of Owls elites with Hugo Strange and his monster factory. Aging space cop John Stewart crashes to Earth. He hasn't been here in decades since the death of his partner, Hal Jordan. But with no one to trust, an Earthling is his only hope to return to the Princess Starfire and defend her planet Tamaran from an impending attack by alien warlord Mongol. Mongol is stealing planets from their orbits to blackmail the Galactic Council. Overwhelmed by all of this is millennial slacker artist Kyle Rayner, who will learn the discipline to unlock the potential of his creative mind, and in so doing, perhaps convince Jon Stewart that Earth is worth saving after all. Cynical globetrotting reporter Lois Lane and up-and-coming reporter Clark Kent independently chase a link between the U.S. government's Cadmus Project and the criminal syndicate Intergang, armed with sci-fi weapons like the Metallo-Cyborg and Bizarro drones. Lois and Clark's paths collide at Lex Luthor, the only man smart enough to communicate with an ancient alien satellite pulled out of orbit in the 1950s, codename Brainiac. From there, it's a race against destruction as the two most powerful minds on Earth battle to control or destroy the planet, with Superman and Lois barely able to keep up. It ends with Superman pushing the moon back into orbit, only to be attacked on the lunar surface by a power-mad Lex wearing Brainiac like a suit, a fate from which Superman will have to save him in an act of ultimate compassion. Detective Barry Allen is a nihilist, convinced more than ever that in a world of Superman and cosmic marauders, life is meaningless. But then fate leaves him the only survivor of a bizarre accident for which he is arrested and charged with sabotage. In custody, he discovers the accident changed him, and he uses his super speed to escape. On his trail is internal affairs detective Iris West, determined to bring Allen in, but she may become his greatest ally in the search for the truth behind the accident. Against them, a federal team of super geniuses who can turn Central City itself into a giant death trap, led by a surprise man in the chair. Lex Luthor, commanding this team of rogues from federal custody. Finally, Diana Prince lives a quiet existence, until the day a panicked young man arrives to tell her she is the key to defeating ultimate cosmic evil. The man says he is scot-free, Mr. Miracle, that the old gods are dead, and the new gods of Apocalypse are about to claim the vacant heaven. So begins a quest for Diana to rediscover her past, as the death of the gods and the disappearance of all Themyscirans have left her amnesiac and powerless. On their trail are the female Furies, led by the merciless Big Barda, and at every turn is a duplicitous face that may be a new god in disguise. Diana becomes Wonder Woman again just in time for a showdown with Barda, which she wins not through violence, but by refusing to fight, taking the beating and convincing Barda there is a better way. In an explosive third act, Diana, Mr. Miracle, the Furies, and a tribe of rescued Amazons 
all attack Darkseid on Apocalypse to bind him into submission, imprisoning him in the Source Wall. By the end of Wonder Woman, Earth has been fully ushered into a dangerous new cosmic age, and DC's Big Five have all been established. The question is, where does the story go from here? Who's hyped? Wow. Who's ready? <laughs> Maybe we just stop now. I don't know if it's going to get better than that. So. <laughs> wow. that's uh, the, the thing is, and uh, I think the reason why the Marvel movies have been so successful is each chapter that we've laid out is so satisfying unto itself that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tall task to try to mix it all into, uh, into a nice little stew and not a mumbo gumbo. <laughs> Trademark. Well, just <laughs> Just to acknowledge the last little piece of the episode today, we are live and we do have a live chat going. We are probably going to be more invested in the task at hand, but we are going to keep an eye on those comments. And just to acknowledge some of you guys in the chat, Sohail Shai says, big task is usually dark side or a brainiac invasion. Very astute. We have used both things already. Yep. So what do we do? On top of that, we've got everybody getting hyped for the, as Suze Vera calls it, reboot cap. I love that. Definitely should have used that term. Uh, we've got a lot of the regular faces in the chat. We've got some new faces, which I love. Chuckles McHattatoo uh, says they already built the heroes perfectly, so the story and tone should be awesome based on the original Justice League. We love that. Let's see if we can live up to the hype you guys are feeling. So, guys, as we always do here on Rebooted, the first question, is the first question is not about the characters. The first question has to be an audience that has been through Infinity War and Endgame, even an audience that has been through the original Justice League movie, what are they bringing into this team up? Are they completely fatigued? What do they need to see? What do we have to avoid? What do we think? I think one of the things that people are bringing into these big team up movies. Uh, maybe it's even subconscious at this point is there's a formula that has been used every single time in these big screen movies that I personally would love it. If we don't do this, I mean, maybe it ends up we do, but when you think about it, every Avengers movie is it's one really bad guy in his army. It was Loki and the Chitari. It was Ultron and his robots. It was Thanos and his disciples. It was Steppenwolf and Parademons. I would love it if we kind of break this, this format of one big bad and his like throwaway clone army and do something. I'm not saying we have to do Legion of Doom or Injustice League, but it'd be cool if there was a real threat across the board for each of our characters. I think, I think we're just like the, an audience is going and expecting, okay, I'm going to get my Thanos, which is why I think a lot of people were surprised when we did dark side already. Cause it seems like we've been trained that the natural progression is one big bad that six people have to fight. I would rather it have be six on six. Let's do something different. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is Billy making a pitch for the earth three crime syndicate? And all of the main stars are also playing their <laughs> evil versions. That, or we could just all the alternate castings that we didn't use. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's interesting. Or we cast 
Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, and Gal Gadot as the evil versions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, whatever it ends up being, like I said, Legion of Doom, crime, whatever. I just think, it for me personally, I think it'd be interesting to just not do one big bad and his nameless army. I'd, I'd rather see, like, let's do some real showdowns. All right. Uh, well, Ed, Ron, what are we thinking an audience is bringing into this movie? Uh, well, I... Uh, okay, so here's the thing. I'm pretending that they've already watched the amazing five movies that we've put together sure. and are super pumped. And they're just coming in waiting to see what we do and excited to see us take a, a different look at it because we took such a different look at all these other movies. So now they're going to go, what are they going to bring us this time? I think they bring expectations of of trickery, of of a twist, and uh, uh, and also of you know getting pumped up to see the characters that they love pounding each other to uh, a pulp. <laughs> okay, simple enough. Ed, what are we thinking? Uh, well, uh, as you guys uh, so eloquently stated, I think they are. They have watched our five movies. So, given the five movies that we gave them, they gotta be thinking, "What's Lex Luthor doing?" Because after the events of Superman, as so greatly stated in the video, Lex Luthor is taken out of the Brainiac armor and put away. But they can't leave him alone. I can't quit you, Lex, because you're just too damn smart. So the next thing you know, they have him consulting on all this jazz that happens in the Flash movie. And frankly, in my headcanon, I ain't trying to mess with our scriptures, but my headcanon is Lex Luthor, after the events of the Flash, be in the midst of the Flash doing his great task and winning the day, Lex Luthor escapes custody and gets to go off and do his own agenda. And maybe something of that will play in this movie because we have built up a guy who's too, he's too tough for Superman. Even Superman leaves him alive. So he's this constant gun on the ground for anybody to grab a gun on the ground with its own agenda. That's what Lex is in our universe. So I'm just saying a little bit of that. And I, I'm just saying, I love Billy, Billy, you're right on task, man. Cause in, in any of these conceptions, be it earth three, be it, uh, uh, intergang, be it, be it, uh, you know, uh, Legion of doom, frankly, any of those conceptions has Lex at the center being like, yes, I am big enough to take on all the justice league, but realistically due to my calculations, I need some help. How do I enlist this help? How do I conscript this help? How do I draft this help? How do I kidnap this help if I need to, to beat up this guy and his cronies so that I can be the power in this universe? By the way, can I make you know, a little, not uh, a make a little note? I will say this in terms of what I think an audience is going to. I think, I think if we just remix something that was done on Justice League Unlimited, something that was done on Supergirl or the or the Arrowverse, <laughs> if we do any of those stories that you've already seen in other media, we are doing people a huge disservice. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was, people don't talk about it enough, but I feel like that was one of the big failures of the Zack Snyder Justice League. They were basically trying to give you an invasion of apocalypse and like the Superman animated series did that magnificently, including with an evil revived Superman 20 years ago. So we can't just remix stories that have already been told. It's a waste of an opportunity. We're squandering the goodwill that hopefully we've built with these movies that we've already made. But I think the thing is two things. One, um, 
just real quick, going back to Ed, Ed, I, I agree with you that I think Lex is kind of the center. And as I watched the recap and as you were talking, like, I really feel like we should go Chris Evans instead of Tom Hanks, because I think Lex being a really fit, a really like he should be Superman, but he's not kind of makes his hatred of Superman to me more realistic. Uh, whereas Tom Hanks is like, well, yeah, you're never going to be Superman. Uh, but to you, Bill, um, I think, I think one of the things Marvel does really smart that, you know, maybe this is kind of like a meet in the middle thing where it's like, I agree. I don't think we should like lift other stories. That being said, what I think Marvel does is they take their most popular stories and they find kind of the, what is the DNA? What is the resonance? And then they put their own MCU spin on it. Um, so it's like civil war. The movie is nothing like civil war, the comic it's maybe mm. like in theory, but mm. none of the details are the same. And I think it would be, I think it would be unwise to go too far either way to completely throw out any sort of, you know, like uh, DNA that's been laid upon us in, in the whole history of DC comics, but it would also be a mistake to just straight up do an adaptation. Agreed. Agree with that. And I, I do Agreed. think that DC maybe suffers a little bit from the fact that they've already done so many good adaptations and the Marvel universe or the Marvel cinematic universe has really just been remixing from scratch. You've got the comics and then you've got the MCU and DC for better or for worse has literally 50 years. I mean, if you go back to the original Superman movie of attempts and adaptations and remixes already in cartoons of these stories. So I do think it's a little bit of a harder needle to thread. So let's get into it. What is the, what is justice league about? which I think is a tough question. And I think if you look at that original Avengers movie, Joss Whedon really focused on it as being sort of a dysfunctional family movie, which he really does with all of his stuff. You know, it's a trope hmm. for him, but it worked in that context. It, it worked in that idea of like, we're trying to bring together these people that we know would be better together, but they've got so much of their own personal stuff that we can't make it work. That worked for the Avengers, I don't think that's a story that you tell with Justice League. And I guess the question I'm, I'm asking, even if we touch it briefly here, is do we think that there is some thematic foundation to the Justice League that we should absolutely be building on? Does anybody have a strong feeling one way or another? I mean, the thing is, like, <laughs> the Justice League has always been strange to me because I feel like it's justice league almost feels like an else worlds of the stories you read because like Batman shouldn't fit into the justice league. And almost any time that he's doing something justice leaguey, it feels like this is weird, but sure. Like in the context of this, I guess. So I'm almost wondering if it's like, do you, you know, if you said, you know, the first Avengers is about uh, the first Avengers movies is, is about, you know, like this dysfunctional family and you know, you'd be, them be better together is it like are are these heroes better together is our justice league the other thing is like justice is in the title mm -hmm. avengers it's like you did something and we're going to avenge you justice league is something's wrong and the six of us are going to bring justice to this i think there is a difference between avenging and justice and maybe it's just as simple as that to at least build a bigger theme upon i i think it's interesting that you're saying that because when I think about all of these characters and the way we built this, they're all kind of independent. Like Superman kind of does his thing. Green Lantern definitely does his thing. You know, like for the Flash, 
He's brand new. He does his own thing. Like Batman, he wants to stay in Gotham. It's like in Wonder Woman, she's a little more ensconced in the world, I would I would argue. But like she's still kind of doing her own thing as well. It listening to you guys, it made me think, what if the bad guys think it'd be better to try to bring them together and crush them to show that they're in charge, whoever we end up having the bad guys be. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's sort of like, it, it's almost like a reverse of what everything always does. It's usually something like they come together because they have to come together to face this big evil. But what if the big evil wants them together because he thinks they're worse together? And then, I don't know. Just to, just to jump on that a little bit, I mean, I like the idea, if you're going to examine justice as sort of a thematic element, and the villains are actually the ones who sort of have the court call it moral crusade for justice. And then the heroes are reacting to that and maybe have to realize that like, I don't know, it sets up an interesting, it's, it's almost Thanos in a little way, right? Because that whole idea that like uh, Thanos has kind of got a point, you know, he's a zealot and a crazy person, but like that idea of you need balance and you need moderation is kind of a point. And so are we looking at villains that maybe have a, a real point to make about justice, about the scales of power, something like that? I mean, every member of the Justice League is unjust in the sense of like Superman's not an elected official. Like the Green Lantern Corps has no jurisdiction. I, I didn't vote or I don't fund the Green Lantern Corps. Batman just beats the crap out of people and there's no due process. So it's like the Justice League on its face probably has the least amount of justice that they're dishing out. And I think maybe that could be part of, you know, maybe, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Lex believes that the justice league is the injustice league. They are, they are the exact opposite of what they claim to be. Dude. I, 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 I am saying we are the damn rebooted crew. When Lex Luthor makes his pitch to the homies to get together and beat some ass, he calls them the justice league. I think the justice like he's so egomaniacal and he thinks that he is right that he would call his people like we are going to bring justice to this planet because this all of these super beings think that they because they have powers they that makes them the moral authority we are here to keep justice because we don't have that with them in charge. I dude, like that a lot, dude. And 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 think about this uh, to to uh, a lot of the points that Bill has made on our Superman uh, rewind that we did. This uh, Lex has had uh, uh, he touched the hem of God in our movie. He was this close for real to being the most powerful thing in several galaxies, much less this world, and he just missed it. And we're this Lex now in this movie can have a chance to try to to do whatever he can to make sure that the next time he gets this grasp, he, he actually grabs the grasp ring. There is something interesting, too, if you think about it. I mean, Lex Luthor has already been behind attacks on Superman and the Flash, mm -hmm. like the, which are probably the two most obvious public versions of superheroes that we have in our in our world. So maybe. Well, here's the question then. Is there an event? Now we're getting into the story a little bit. Is there an event? Is there another antagonist? Is there what happens that would either give Luthor the mandate or the knowledge 
to go after the rest of the Justice League. And I'm thinking I'm more – look, I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. Green Lantern, we we left ourselves a back door for Tom Cruise to play Parallax. Yeah. I don't know if we want to take it, but we very much left it sitting there. And here's my only here's my only thing that is burning in my soul. I want Denzel as John Stewart to be in a room with the rest of these heroes and just looking at everybody and doing his Denzel thing of like, oh, you think you know what's going on? Oh, you 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 think you think you have a handle on what's happening here? Like, I want him to be sort of the semi-abusive mentor figure to our Justice League. Also, our Green Lanterns, both Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner, are sort of the most removed from what's going on on Earth. Like, our whole our whole Green Lantern movie, the, the bulk of the middle of that movie takes place off of Earth. And so maybe it's a question... Maybe it's a question of what brings them back to Earth. Maybe yeah, it's a question I, of how we go out to them. I don't know. I'm just throwing all that in there. That's what I was... That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking... This maybe this is a little off the rails, especially because I don't know if it's ever happened. Oh well, I guess it semi happened in in some of the uh, the lantern things where basically uh, Luther decides he wants a ring, and he he knows that Parallax is alive, and uh, or not, but is actually Parallax and wants that ring specifically, and in his hubris brings Parallax to Earth, which then. Uh, alerts the Green Lanterns. Okay, well, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not no ending this. Yeah, I just want to say no, but it, no, but in, in, in my in my opinion, I kind of feel like the parallax thread is such an a, an emotional uh, kind of anvil for for the Lanterns that I don't know if I, I I feel like that's Green Lantern too. I don't feel like that's Justice League. I feel like that's a much more personal story for John than it is the other leaguers personally. But, but here's, here's my pitch. What if this movie functions as John Stewart is the main character of this movie and the rest of the league is supporting him. Um, and the only reason I say that is because ultimately the parallax story, the part that's important for the lanterns is the Jeff Johns part of the story, which was a retcon. The original parallax story was about Hal Jordan realizing that the universe was fundamentally unfair, justice, and deciding that it needed to be remade in a way that would be, basically, metatextually, he was going to try to recreate the Silver Age DC universe. But in the text, he murdered all the Guardians, stole all the Green Lantern power, and was going to use it to literally recreate the universe to be more fair. That's not a Green Lantern story. That is a Justice League story. In fact, that was their crisis of the 90s. That was Zero Hour. Wasn't successful as a story, but that idea that you have kind of the most militaristic and most conservative, right? Hal Jordan had that series of stories with Green with Green Arrow where he had to be taught not to be a conservative dickhole. And he ultimately decides he's going to take an authoritarian tack on saving the universe. And everybody has to say, we're not cool with that. Again, 
that's that's the end of, that's the end of my strong push. I'd like to hear kind of what Ron and Ed are thinking as well. But uh, my 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 only thing about that is. I feel like it's 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 in it's right out it's on the outskirts of everybody dogpile on this guyville and I'm firmly in the billy camp that this is okay you did your pitch this is my pitch and okay, it's going to yeah. and it's going to finally actually be short I do really long short pitches it's this short multiple villains they whoop our guys asses the way the whole story starts is superman gets his ass beat because to me, the Justice League too often is Superman and the Rockets about to do some stuff. That sucks. That sucks. They make some foolish reason why Superman can't be in the story for a while. So these lesser characters can have a little playtime like they're action figures on a kid's table rather than real characters. And when the real stuff comes down, here comes Jesus out the clouds about to save you now. Even though y'all all super superheroes too, I'm here to save y'all. I'm better than all y'all. No. We engineer a situation where Superman can't hack it. He can't. He gets beat up and he barely gets away. Maybe Big Barter saves him with a boom tube or something like that. Like he gets beat up. Like Lex Luthor and, the, and, and Bizarro and the Parasite beat him up on an asteroid field way away from everything after he took a deep breath and flew out there just to play around. They ambush this fool with a complex uh, lattice work and totally defeat him and about to destroy him. And he just barely gets away because of our world being more cosmic, because of there being more interconnectivity between these properties. Last things last. The solution I would pitch for all these villains that we're throwing up in here is the way that it's set up is the villains can beat up our heroes because they're ultimately prepared for our heroes. What our heroes end up having to do, and yes, this is classic, but it's classic for a reason. You got to switch dance partners. I'm envisioning Batman. Batman feels like, look how big Batman's universe is now. He went from thinking he was the master of the city to now knowing that there's trillionaires who are more masters of his city than him that he's going to have to constantly be vigilant against and who let out a bunch of monsters on his existence. And now there's space dudes, and now there's a big, hunky Americana guy who sits and crosses his legs on Barbara Walters and tells everybody about he's from the Midwest and he has no fear and he's super invulnerable. That guy's here. Space cops are here. Greek goddesses are here. His mind is doing galaxy brain. And I just think in the midst of this giant adventure, I'm envisioning stuff like Batman beating up Green Lantern, rather Yellow Lantern dudes, because his combination of theatrics and bullcrap can actually be effective on them. Whereas one of them might beat the hell out of Superman. Two of them might beat the hell out of Superman and Green Lantern and the Flash. But Batman with whiz bangs and theatricality and messing with their concentration can beat the hell out of a bunch of stupid Green Lanterns. He can make their concentration twitch, grab their stuff. Next thing you know, he got a yellow ass, uh, uh, a yellow ass uh, uh, a utility belt. And that's how he uses their stupid powers. He's throwing huge batter rags out of his new utility belt. He just concentrated and slide a hand it off their stupid fingers while they weren't concentrating while he threw a bomb at them. Man, slick stuff where these guys can shine. Uh, Wonder Woman beating the hell out of Bizarro or, or somebody that's kryptonite because she, her, she doesn't have that weakness that Superman has to his own villains. Switch the dance partners. Let's get nuts. That's it. Okay. That was the short version. One thing, one thing, real quick. I had a short version. No, that, that made me think of um, 
you know, the, the way that we've set up our movies, uh, what could be interesting, especially going back, Bill, to that scene that you keep thinking of with the Green Lantern is if Kyle and um, John Stewart have maybe not been to Earth for a while, if you come back to Earth and you have, you know, the Justice League, Flash and all them, like Batman's a vigilante. Flash is a, a fugitive. Oh, You've fought Kryptonians in space like Zod. So it's just like, yeah, why wouldn't you believe that Lex Luthor's like, hey, we have these guys going crazy, uh, space guy, cops, we're the Justice League, all these guys are going bad. Like, I would see Jon Stewart and Kyle being against our real Justice League if they just came to Earth and didn't know the context. Okay, let me, yeah, let me, let me, yes, and that. What if the setup of this movie is that the Green Lanterns ostensibly arrest Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman and the Flash? <laughs> That'd be a great scene, by the way. one of the movie. Yeah. It's literally okay. the Green Lanterns rounding up these characters. And then, I mean, okay, so now I'm going to, what if one of the Green Lanterns that rounds up those characters is Green Lantern Sinestro? And now you have a reason for Sinestro to be on Earth. And Sinestro and Lex Luthor are two of the founding members of the Legion of Doom. But it, just in terms of remixing, like, Ed, you want Superman to get his ass kicked in Act 1? He gets his ass kicked by, like, five Green Lanterns who just overpower the crap out of him with their Green Lantern rings. And hey. you you know what I mean? Like, let's let's go down this road of we don't know who the villain is because the movie starts – with our heroes all being taken out by what we think are our other heroes. And then but, where's the threat come from? But but also, also, can I do one thing? Okay. If oh we're God. doing that, if we're doing that, I agree that, look at this, look at this. What makes Hal Jordan go nuts or whatever? And we also kind of said in our original thing that maybe uh, that, that Hal Jordan went out on some kind of case. Now, I don't know, maybe I made up my head cannon that Sinestro and Hal Jordan got lost together in a Moriarty Sherlock Holmes fight out in space. That's oh, yeah. my that's my headcanon. They they were fighting each other. They super got lost. And if we're gonna do this, let's do this right. I don't know why it's it's un, uh, unimaginable that after that touch with Godhood and being being inside of a computer that knows about every piece of life that's throughout the universe why couldn't brainiac have some information about how to free possibly the most powerful green lantern ever and have this conservative dude yes come back to this planet see it all changed how, how long he, he left in the 80s he was buzzing towers when he was here he comes back and sees this he comes back and sees this world in disarray and last things last Lex Luthor could do a false flag. And you know what the false flag is? Blow up Coastal City. This Justice League, this this people, this this superhero coalition okay. has it has it in hand. They have everything under control. And Coast City blows up as soon as he comes back. He comes back. He's like, yeah, man, they got me out of the crystal shard that I was fighting Sinestro in. Everything's cool, daddy. And then they fail him right in front of his face. And that gives him so much motivation to get all this power you want him to have. On I will just say, well, I will just say that I think it's a waste to use parallax as a bruiser. Like if you, I feel like if you're going to do the parallax story, you need to essentially make Hal Jordan, the main character of your movie, the same way that infinity war made Thanos, the main character of the movie, because his story is not that of just, you know, a, a mustache twirling fascist. Like it's more complicated than that. 
So well, like I, I said, I, I, like I said, having a new regime fail you right in your face. I think that is not some he not, he wouldn't be crazy to do that. The min, the minute he sees these other people, these other people who say that they have everything under control, this modern version of what he thought he was mm-hmm. failing so bad. I think that's motivation. Uh, all I'm saying is I personally would put it. I agree with Billy in the beginning, though, man. I would put that that story in particular. I'm not saying we don't use the Green Lantern thing you said before, but if I'm doing that story, I want I want some it. emotional. I want some emotional expansion. I want that to play out. I I want them to rescue Hal Jordan and let him be a hero in our eyes for a minute, and then have him something bad happen to him and have his mind go crazy or something. You know what I mean? I want I want people to get it, to get I, that it's a real thing that he's bad and it's and it's a big tragedy that he's bad. I totally agree with that, like 100,000%. 1, so I, I almost want to say let's take Parallax off the table because I just don't like the idea of, of shoehorning him in as one of a team of villains I, when I get that. his story is the story. I think it's your Green Lantern too. Like it's set up anyway for Green Lantern too. Ron, I know you're itching down there. What, what do you got? <laughs> well, I don't... I don't know, guys. It just seems like it's it's getting like a little. I don't know. It's we're it's becoming complicated, and every time we you do something complicated like this, I get nervous about it. You know, like can we uh, rewind it back a little bit to? I I think we all like that the you know what is true justice because maybe our ideas of these heroes is not traditionally justice, and that's what Lex Luthor wants. I still really like the idea of your first act, like arresting or somehow like pointing out like these heroes are not true icons of justice because what they're doing is not justice it's not wrong but it's not i mean there's an argument for it because i mean it's been done uh really technically john stewart was the one who was arrested and then the justice league went to court but that's exactly what I'm so talking about when i'm saying you're not but i'm but that's exactly what i'm talking about when i say let's not throw out old comic storylines but take the essence of what they that's, what they were and reapply it to what we're doing yeah that's what i was going to say it's a good twist on that so you you would basically be taking the dna of something uh now okay so they get arrested what what happens after that like are they in space jail well, so what happened? No, I, that that's that's what we need to figure out. And so, look, here's what we're, we're trying to get to the this interrogation of justice. We like the idea that Lex Luthor basically creates the Justice League, but it's his twisted version. And I think somebody in the chat mentioned brand our heroes the Legion of Doom as part of this whole struggle. So if it if it, I'm going to go back to Sinestro, because if you look at the Green Lantern mythos, the one character who has that fascist mentality of justice equals control. Justice equals the removal of unpredictable elements. I'm the guy who's gonna make the trains run on time, even if I have to kill 3 million people to do it, that is Sinestro. So as a villain, I'm not saying it has to be his story because I think he is more of a mustache twirler than Parallax, right? But if we're saying Mm. start with the Green Lanterns quarantining Earth, you have these rogue elements that we are going to remove from your planet, that is led by Sinestro. So he is going to become a villain in this movie if that's our setup, I feel. And so the question then becomes, all right, now there's two things happening. Sinestro on Earth, the heroes off Earth, and I could automatically see how the stew starts to bubble there, right? Well, especially because let's say while... 
because while Lex is in charge, because we're we're sort of putting Lex and Sinestro in charge in this situation, am I correct? Or okay, because what I'm thinking is that as soon as people start getting hurt on Earth, there's no way you're going to stop Superman from going back to Earth. There's no way you're going to stop you know, Batman from getting back to Gotham. There's no way, you know what I mean? Like these guys are going to now have to team up as soon as they know that people are getting hurt on earth and that it's now their job to get back there and start saving people's lives. As soon as that is put in into the, the equation, you now have a reason for them to get back to where they're going. Um, because, uh, and, my, and, my, uh, my only uh, I don't want to cut you off, Rob, but my only contribution, honestly, is if we're going to do this damn arrest thing, which I'm super not sold on, but I'm not going to be sticking the mud about it. If we're going to stick with the arrest thing, I would almost want to kind of invert it in that, okay, the think about it. The cops, the Green Lanterns are the cops, and they get to be the cops across all these sectors. But as Billy alluded to earlier, who says? So why can't there be somebody out there that says, you got, you guys are harboring two green lanterns and you need to give them to me and it's, you've made relationships with these guys and you guys live in the you guys have know each other whatever but you give them to me and well, now that the, the, there's a fight i i know that's what I, I i just think that's why i thought that we were gonna do something where like i said there needs to be something so big that these guys all have to like Buying, buying together to help something but like yeah. if i understand it's like I, I don't know about the justice league against the green lanterns and then lex Luthor's on the sideline or whatever i, I just think the well, what's, I think big, committing, what's bigger then what's bigger if that's co committing oh. oh no oh. oh i'm doing it i'm opening boys oh. hello how are we? We've made it all the way through 2020. Nobody's the worse for wear. We've all got extra money in our pockets. This is how things are going, and I could not be happier. Uh, good for you, John. Listen, I know that you're all doing exceedingly well. You're all excited for Christmas, and I'm here to tell you I've cracked it. I've cracked Justice League. I know exactly what we need to do, and that is rip off Marvel. Right? That's how we make the big bucks. So all I know is I look at the highest grossing movie of all time, and I see a few things. Number one, I see time travel. Number two, I see super-powered stones. And number three, I see people meeting their past selves in time travel. The audience loves this stuff. So gentlemen, it's very simple. You're going to tell a time travel story where we can come face to face with our younger selves and you're going to give me some super powerful stones. That's the only way to make me the $2 billion that I deserve for being Hollywood's greatest producer. Thank you for all your work. Your nominal Christmas bonuses will, I'm sure, be something that you are exceedingly grateful for. So in advance, I just say, you're welcome. Goodbye. Okay. Um, the rings, at least, uh, you know, stones were good to go on. I mean, technically, arguably, Green Lantern rings. I'd buy stone. that for a dollar. I think we could sell it. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I think we can roll with that one. But the the time travel? Oh, no. Oh, no. 
Well, look, I mean, DC has always done time travel better, like more and more often than Marvel. Do we, look, we started with Flash. Let's just, we got to just start throwing ideas at the wall and not get hung up on like, oh, I want, I, I thought it was going to be this. I thought it was going to be that. I thought we were going to have Tom Cruise playing a super soulful parallax and he'd be the only villain in this movie. I'm getting yep. rid of it completely. So everybody yep. needs to dispense with your preconceptions. Ed, Batman is going to suck in this movie. He's not the key to anything. Just get it through your head right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ron, no magic. Not kidding. Uh, go ahead. Well, that, it wouldn't make sense there would be magic in this one. Although, uh, let me tell you about uh, – no, okay. Um, I want the Flash. I, the, you're Now you're talking about time travel. Now maybe everything runs on the Flash. Maybe watch. Time I mean, is Flash still on the like? Is he still a fugitive by the end of his first movie? Not necessarily, but we could absolutely look. We never actually gave that a hard ending. We could do a little retroactive development here, and you know, just if we need things to to to, to lead in in some way. I mean, if he's still on the run, Flash is an obvious time travel candidate. Let's think about what the non-obvious solution is. Okay. I think in there's. Terms of- well, I'm just going to start saying things, even if they're bad. You could create okay. a new shade of lantern that their their ring lets you see moments from someone's past or your own past. Uh, it could be some object that is themiscurin that is kind of so, like whoever wields it can kind of like travel through time. Uh, it could be a Kryptonian, like a crystal from the Fortress of Solitude. Billy, I'm going um, to jump go in ahead. and just keep doing the same thing. The Legion of Superheroes is a time travel organization. Um, in terms of villains, the reverse Flash time travel. Um, I've always loved um, Gog and Magog from the Kingdom Come Superman. Has That has a whole time travel element to it. Um, okay, in, in the spirit. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something just clicked for me. I'm, I'm going to pitch this. I've thought about this before as a Superman villain. Captain Adam, who is the quantum Superman created by the U S military is essentially Dr. Manhattan. He's essentially the mainline DC version of Dr. Manhattan. Can we use him that way? Can, can captain Adam be created in this movie and essentially he doesn't have to be the villain. I'm still on board with the Legion of doom, make Lex Luthor part of this. Do you create captain Adam? And by the way, kingdom come has captain Adam getting killed in the first act and within a giant nuclear explosion, we could do that to Coast City and set up our sequels if we do that at the end of this movie. Just a thing, just a thing on my mind. Captain Adam's whole thing is if he expends too much power, he quantum leaps, he jumps in time. Um, we can make him, again, like I said, more of a Dr. Manhattan type where it becomes he has mastery over time. He and look, in a world where the heroes are ultra powerful, put them up against the most powerful character ever created in comics. I don't, I don't see why that would be a problem. Hmm. Nobody's on board with this. Are you kidding? What do you know? I'm thinking. Jeez Louise. Everybody's thinking. And in the, but in the spirit of throwing out stuff, let me throw out something. I think uh, we talk about time travel. Look, you guys said it earlier. the The closest thing that I've I've seen to what I like is uh, the Earth Two people, and the fact that in their world Lex Luthor is good. Like a Lex Luthor comes to you and says, "Hey, 
bad Lex Luthor's doing stuff, but I'm good Lex Luthor, and I'm telling you, you got to gird yourself because these guys from this other universe that are you but better and meaner are coming, and they're like, Lex Luthor, get your ass in jail, and and then they and then they can like prove with this DNA that he's from another universe. We do that story. I'm just saying, but also the whole thing about, uh, I'll, I'll just leave it there. I, I just think something where it's these guys against people that can that could beat them up for a reason. I I I, I like. Okay, because what what Will's saying is interesting because let's say Lex Luthor is the guy, even though I don't think he is the one who creates Captain Adam. Let's say he don't have to adhere to the comics. So yeah, let's let's say let's say that Lex Luthor has been trying to create someone that he can control that can beat everyone because he just wants he just wants that kind of control. He wants it so that the people of Earth are in charge of their own destiny and that's going to require having the most powerful character possible. Right. And in doing so, he does blow up coast city, but it also, uh, blows up captain Adam who sends him time traveling. Um, I, I know this gets complicated, but then part of me is wondering if, if instead of having him be the bad guy, we still have all the other guys who are the bad guys that you're talking about. But captain Adam is sort of the guy that they were trying to do with flash where he's trying to warn Batman about some trouble or whatever. Okay, okay, okay. Well, right there. Let me let me yes and that. I don't want to do that because I think uh, it's doing kind of something for the Snyderverse I don't like. But, but, but one of the other storylines that's really cool is DC 1 billion where versions of super people, our super people, their descendants, different people coming to here to be like, so Superman, he just became a hero. He just learned to fly around the world. He just learned all the stuff. And he sees this version of him that can like, see telepathically in different spectrums because by that time the super the superman powers are crazy out of control i i don't know I, it's, introducing the future versions of these characters that we have here would freak everybody out okay let me let me stop you and yes and you i think it's important to keep in mind that in our continuity as we have this the justice league doesn't know each other Right. Our Justice mm-hmm. League has mm-hmm. never worked together before. So this is kind of an origin story. There's something yeah. interesting to the idea that these people have no relationship and then their future version from the year 10,000 A.D. arrive and they're like, I don't know why <laughs> DC one million did it. Grant Morrison did it in DC one million. And, you know, it's the whole idea was that a villain from the future sent a techno virus back through time that was going to infect the earth and the, it would unmake the future essentially um, very Terminator esque. So I don't like that, but there's some, there's something to the idea. You kind of get the crime syndicate thing, but not really. If, if your justice Legion a from a time when humanity has colonized the solar system arrives back on earth in the 20th century at the beginning of the age of heroes for what reason? And that's well, okay, okay. Okay. My, 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 and to that is, okay, we're going to steal from the best baby. This is my pitch for it. They are led to believe that the events of what the justice league are about to do or what the justice league usually does in their progression of multiverses, they have determined that our justice league is going to be evil. We are the Hitler you want to kill in the crib. Oh, that goes back to the Brainiac thing that we came up with for our Superman movie, too, where Brainiac was working from this calculus that, like, 
humanity will either destroy itself or become too powerful to and threaten the universe. So they're so convinced. Yes, so they're convinced that we must be killed. Our superheroes, our reality needs to be killed for their reality to to keep existing. But in the end, it's not really true. There is a multiversal thing. Our heroes end up helping to save their world, so everything's okay. You know, whatever, you know. Well, and it's very easy for us to have Lex Luthor be the guy who contacted them through whatever means. No, 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 no. Why not? I just I, I we keep going back to this idea that like Lex I don't know that that has the MacGuffin in his head. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like know. That. I, I don't know that, that. No, no, no. I don't know that that has to be. I think he's a monkey in the wrench. While we're dealing with all this stuff, you got this free agent ferret running up your pants leg. That's Lex Luthor in this movie. So it isn't so. But but I think it's his own personal quest. Look how we set him up. We gave him godhood. Then we okay. put him as the guy in the chair, and now he's a free agent running around during the most crazy event ever in DC history. I don't think he has to be the linchpin of it. I'm giving up that ghost. I think him being okay. a, 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 a X factor is good enough. So our good guys are also our bad guys. The well, future, so- future version, alternate reality versions of our guys with like greater. I, I don't want to get hung up on the action figure thing of greater powers, but just almost like, the challenge to our heroes to be the apotheosis of what they can be contrary to bills. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, yeah, Uh, I want to try and push us forward. So I'm going to try to synthesize all the shit that we've been talking about here. Lex Luthor escapes at the end of flash. Lex Luthor is now on the run. He is the greatest. He's the biggest genius on earth and he has touched godhood. And so he is trying to make some sort of a gambit to re to reaccess that godhood, and we can say he creates some version of a time machine. He creates, forget it. He creates a multiversal doorway. Whatever. He turns it on, and immediately these future versions of the heroes from another dimension will have to unpack this in the course of the movie. Come through, and I still think you you run with the first act that they arrive on Earth and immediately smack down all of our heroes and take over. Right. These here, the, the, the Justice Legion or whatever it is that comes through the door takes over Earth to start this movie. And you can still then get into the idea of what is justice, because they are now imposing sort of. I, 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 if you don't like this, fine, but just the idea of what is justice, I keep coming back to the idea that we have to establish some sort of fascist authoritarian regime that is enforcing an idea of justice. And maybe they even do that using revisionist time travel was what I was going to say. Maybe there's an element of looping in this where it's like, once you have the technology to time travel, you can just keep going back to change things unless we don't want to do that type of time. Well, travel. I think that's, that's what you, you do. The, the anti end game, you, you take the minority report of like, that's what you I was can't say. impose your will or you can't impose justice to something that hasn't happened yet. We have to have free will, you know? Yeah. And then our theme is about giving people the chance to be who they are before you make a, a judgment. Well, it goes to the spirit of like Superman who always believes that if given the choice, most people, he wants to see the best in people that they will make the right decision. But if someone from the future says, well, you're not, so we're going to take over because you guys don't know how to make good decisions. That's not justice. That's tyranny. 
Um, and I think that's how you separate the two groups, at least thematically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple, um, there's a couple things I want to throw in here. You say free will, my mind immediately goes to the anti-life equation. I know. You say free will, my mind immediately also goes, I know this has come up in the chat, and I'm not gonna I'm not trying to encourage this, but my mind also goes to Starro, the 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 parasitic alien starfish that can control every everybody's minds. Um my mind immediately goes to any sort of telepath. I, I just I'm looking for a way because right now we've got a first act and a bunch of fights. And I feel mm-hmm. like that was also what the Snyder Cut had was, oh, my God, we've reactivated the mother box. And now we just got to fight until we're done fighting. OK, I OK, I, 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 OK, OK. But that this is why it's this is why this is definitely not that. Because as you eloquently stated earlier, I don't know if it has to be necessarily in the first act, but the the the, the start of the destruction of everything is these guys are individual heroes. And I know this 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 isn't cliche. It is what it is. The only way they can be future as versions from another dimension of themselves is to actually get together, get to know each other, and get their minds right together as a team. And it isn't like Justice League with the endless fights because they were fighting parademons. They weren't having personal. I envision a movie where this movie going to be two, probably two hours and 15 minutes long. And in that span of time, I do believe you can set up that each of these heroes has their own little quest that's getting a little bit more complicated than they can handle by themselves. And in a series of beats, we can advance each of their stories that through the course of maybe even the first 50 minutes of the movie, they go about this trying to to fight these different elements on their own, not really putting their brains together to understand why this is happening, barely escaping stuff, being beat up a lot. And when they finally get together and exchange information and exchange like, dude, somebody for the future to look just like you, smack you up. Man, that's crazy, dog. Well, I could beat that dude up for you. They have these conferences and get together and become a damn league. That's Whether- not interesting. I just got to say that's not interesting. That's not interesting to watch on screen. But I'm, I'm trying to just build on that idea because, yes, you lose a fight. You go talk to people so you can win a fight with better strategy is fine. It's just not great. So I'm just I- I'm, how do we make it great? I I have an idea where, because this is one of the things we've done in almost all of them, is that in the end, the fighting is not what it's about. It's about the inspiration, right? It's about the saving people, right? So what if what their real job is, is to convince the, the evil versions of themselves that they've actually gone evil, that they're the ones who are tyrannical by saving lives and saying, look, you almost killed a person in a building. Is this who you are? I don't know. Something along those lines Let me, eventually tweak, down the road. Can I tweak that? Again, if yeah, steal, let's, steal, let's steal from the best. At the end of World War III, the Justice League arc written by Grant Morrison, the Justice League wins by giving superpowers to every human being on Earth temporarily and setting that, setting all seven billion of us against the villain who's trying to destroy the world. What if the only way to unseat the Justice Legion from power is to is to literally empower all of humanity to rise up against them? Like the Justice League, the, the five heroes of the Justice League are not enough. And so it becomes a, a race to build a machine, create this MacGuffin, right? And maybe it's a combination of the power battery on Oa, some Kryptonian technology, some Themyscirin technology. We're going to build a machine that will give all of humanity the power of Superman so that the Justice Legion 
can no longer hold control of the earth. Something of that nature. And Batman builds it. <laughs> um, Billy, uh, Billy, yeah, we're 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 close. It's just it's missing something. It's missing. It's missing some sort of twist. And I wonder if like really nailing down why they're coming is is where it is because for some reason it's just it's not clicking like i feel like the first half of this is a great setup and i keep waiting for okay what's the twist that they find out and it's just not there and i can't uh, that's why i'm so quiet i'm sitting here trying to think of what it could be Mm -hmm. yeah can i ask a quick can i ask a question then whose story is this who's the protagonist of this movie and i say that singularly because i firmly believe it is one person, maybe two, and the rest are supporting characters. Not in a Zack Snyder way where it's Batman's story. He has the least to do, but because he's the one who's gathering all the people, it's his story. I'm talking who's going through a change? Who's going to leave this movie fundamentally different? And honestly, I go back to John Stewart. Number one, I don't think that you can keep Denzel around forever in a franchise. And number two, he's already redundant because we've got Kyle Rayner. Not to get rid of the black guy, but (laughs) if it's not him, that's fine. If it's Batman, fine. If it's Wonder Woman, fine. If it's a totally, if it's Lex Luthor, fine. But if we're going to build the architecture of a story and make this better than smashing toys together, it has to be about a person or people who change. And that's what I want to nail down right now because we're missing that completely. Okay, okay, okay. Just just to throw something out there to see if it gets anything going. I The only person you left out of there is Superman. And I thought, again, in, in our headcanon, one of the things in our movie is I, I put my stamp on it saying he doesn't have a thing that tells him every damn thing about Krypton. Part of Kryp- part of what Krypton is and his alien heritage is a mystery to him. He thinks he's a beef, beef, beefcake of Americana and, and the man of tomorrow. And then he, he gets more and more evidence, maybe from what, what's happened with the Brainiac situation in, the, in this first Superman movie. At the end of that, we posited that he has an access to more information to find out more about himself. And I think just, I don't want to talk too long, but just hit part of him discovering more about him being alien. I think could, I, if, I don't know if we were committing to anything we said before, but just as a person who changes, as a person who gathers more information about themselves, I, I agree with all the Denzel stuff, but he knows who he is. One of the characters that doesn't in our movie is Superman to actually tell some of that story in a larger uh, in concert universe, I think building it around something Superman can't solve. I don't. I don't want to just act like I'm going back to that, but I think the Justice League is great because they are necessary. They the other characters are necessary besides just one character. See, it's weird. I'm I'm the Superman head in the room, and I I I still feel like yeah, the Green Lanterns are a problem that Superman can't solve. An evil Justice League problem that Superman can't solve. You know, any of this mm. stuff can be a problem that he can't solve. I don't I don't see that as being a stumbling block at all. And the thing mm. I'll say is, like, learning about Krypton, fine, but does that change him as a person? Like, how is that important to him? I understand how it's like, oh, it's, a, it's missing backstory. Cool. Well, no, uh, if, if understanding something about Kryptonian stuff helps them to defeat this giant thing that has that that is menacing everybody like i said i want to get us started on like okay what is what is why they're together 
what is why it's important. And I do agree that we can't just build a, a, a fight lattice work. I do agree with that. I do agree that it has, an, it has to have somebody having an emotional through line, but I also don't know why it's superior to have us uh, shuffle uh, uh, a off the Buffalo and some sort of thing that we can't even, we can't even have his boy Hal show up. You know what I mean? We can't even have, sure. the, you know, that's his partner. That's his, if, if Riggs and Murtaugh and then Riggs died fighting Sinestro to save the universe and got caught in the antimatter life equation or an Omega sanction when, when damn uh, uh, dark side puts you in an infinite loop of death with, you know, uh, yeah. You know, something like that. I, I don't want to deny us that, but making the whole this whole movie about that, we got to do better than what we've done. As well, I mean, if you look at the two character, I think Flash and uh, Superman are both characters that have not like really learned who they are in our world, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe we have them both be uh, characters going something through something together who become friends and their friendship is the thing that helps both of them grow. I don't know. Just an idea because it's our two characters. Let's, let's take, let's take a step all the way back. First of all, everything that we've been talking about, I think is, is valid and obviously using the time, using the time travel plot because it's a Peter's mandate is something we're going to do anyway, but let's take one step back. We need to all acknowledge and agree about where our characters are coming into this. So Batman has Robin, first of all. Batman has just completely toppled this underground power structure that's controlling his city. So Batman's pretty busy. And Batman has no no involvement in any of this wider stuff. Mm -hmm. So there might be an arc there about turning Batman from a very inward-focused guy, like, I know my problems and I'm going to handle my problems, into somebody who sees the wider world as his problem. Possible. Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner has just achieved his full power, and Jon Stewart has just found a, a rekindled a love for humanity. So both of those things are happening. Superman has just become his fully out and proud self, and via Brainiac has a way to learn more about who he is and where he comes from, and that he might have a larger place in the universe. Flash on the run, or at least maybe exonerated, um, but also not even necessarily a hero yet. I mean, his entire movie was just about escaping and saving his own butt. And Wonder Woman, who we haven't talked about at all, yep. just freaking took down the, the new gods of Apocalypse and reclaimed her identity, which had been lost for 100 years, and is poised to come back to Earth as the baddest MFer in the universe. And what does that mean? And so, again, just looking at who from that melange can be our main characters, having just said it, I'm kind of thinking Flash is an obvious one. I'm also kind of interested in Wonder Woman driving this action because she knows the most. Yep. Like she is Wonder Woman and the Green Lanterns know what's going on in this world. The other, the other three do not. And I would, I would just a yes. And that I would also argue that she, we keep dancing around the fact that she and her people uh, subdued dark side. And we also were talking about time travel, talking about dimensions and stuff. It is known in DC canon. I don't want to just rebuild the death star, but it's known in DC canon that the version of Darkseid that we have 
might not be the only one. I'm not trying to do that whole story they had, but a multiversal version of Darkseid that comes here and goes, oh, you bound up my crummy self. Well, let me just kill him real quick. Yeah, now I have his powers. Now you got to deal with me and Lex Luthor and whatever else we put in the Green Lantern, Sinestro, whatever we want to throw in there. I'm just saying we're dancing around the fact that we have a bunch of, we have dangling villains that are powerful, one or two of them together to fight our guys or whatever. And it, it isn't so much everybody piling on one guy. It is, these guys have to use teamwork. It is Superman, Batman, Superman, everybody having to change something about themselves to I, to to deal with this problem. I don't know. Some melange of that. Does that, you know what I mean? Some some mixture of that sort of stuff. I'm thinking about it. Um, it still is completely sidestepping the question of whose story it is. You know what I mean? I, I'm Now I'm starting yeah. to think it's Wonder Woman. But I, but I, I don't think it is Wonder Woman's because Wonder Woman is, I feel like, She's one of the complete. only movies where she had a full arc and she changed and she like she knows who she is by the end of her own movie. So I don't know where else she has to go yet, like in a group movie as opposed to like a, a single movie. I think this is I, I think it's a flash esque story because that's why i asked a lot like five years ago at this point why <laughs> or if flash was still on the run because you know like look i'm just my my first thought before we ever started was like oh well if you have a super powered being on the run and everyone's looking for him immediately you're gonna get all the heroes after him because they don't know he's not a hero he's just another he's just another freak he, really he's just another thing Billy, Billy, I'm doing the Home Alone. I, Flash is so dope, especially if we do him right by the end of the movie. We could really put him over and really, A, make him a hero by making him have to deal with all these supers messing with him for a while. But that's just garnish for some larger bad thing that's going to happen because of the events of them chasing him around. Maybe he runs so fast, he messes some time up. Leaving it alone, but like everybody versus the Flash to put the Flash over. I'm in on that. I'm in on that, man. Flash I'm in is on hard that too. to deal with. I'm in on that too. Like that feels like a good a good move. It's just the the interesting thing is we already have Lex and the quote unquote Legion of Doom after him. Now you get the Justice League involved after him. I mean, it's it is kind of fun to. Uh, it makes sense, yeah. If he goes back in time, even on accident. Or to um, capture him. To capture him is the key to time travel, maybe. If I you have some time travel plot, you need to get the Flash. You must catch the Flash in order to time travel. I love that. So let me just, let me let me go one step further. Um, let, if, if the beginning of this movie is Lex Luthor basically leveling up the rogues, because the whole idea was in the Flash movie, he basically just had geniuses who were putting together, you know, devices or whatever to try to catch the Flash. And it's like, this ain't going to work at the end because Flash gets away at the end of that movie. So this movie, what is Lex, what is the first thing Lex Luthor do to say, this is bigger than even this idiot who's running around with super speed knows it is, and I'm going to use it. What do I need to do in order to catch this guy? He's not going to go to Superman because Superman and he are already en enemies. But he can go to – I mean, I don't have the answer, right? I'm, tr I'm trying to just throw the – Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just keep talking it'll I almost go back to the Captain Adam of it all. I almost go back to, like, how does Lex Luthor create his – I mean, 
do we start with a, some version of Bizarro? You know, I was thinking in in the Intergang versus Cadmus plot in the Superman movie that there would be like Bizarro drones, which would essentially be like zombie cyborgs. But is there a way that Lex Luthor gets Superman's DNA and it's a whole new game for the zombie cyborg Bizarro drones? Okay, but can, can I get can I guess Andrew on this? Yeah. What if Bizarro? They it started Bizarro started out trying to be a Superman clone, but obviously it didn't work because it was it was alive, but it was inert. And so instead of just wasting all that genetic material, which is radiating this power, that's they don't even understand where this power is coming from, but it's radiating from this thing that they, that doesn't quite move or do anything. What if that's like a battery for like I understand we were trying to work Parasite in there one time. I'm just saying, if it starts out, if if Parasite starts, if something like Parasite, we got to pump pump it up. But if Parasite started out as a life form that that Lex Luthor was making specifically to take down Superman, but he could never give it enough power to actually grow. He clones some Superman DNA, feeds it on Superman energy for a while and makes it bigger as part of as part of a bruiser for the plot so that we don't have to make anybody cool a bruiser. Something I'm just saying Bizarro okay. being Bizarro starting out as what Parasite fed on and then somewhere in the movie coming alive finally and doing some stuff could Ed, be I'm, interesting. I, 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 I'm trying to yes and everything you're saying, Ed. I also just want to point out a lot of what you end up, a lot of what you're bringing up is sort of predicated on the idea that like there is the status quo in DC that we all know. So the idea that like Lex Luthor has been plotting against Superman for a while, so he has this thing that's attuned to Superman's energies and that's what it. Mm. We can't do that because that's not the story world that we're working. Okay, okay, I, I agree. Go ahead. We got to not default to like, oh, what's okay. the classic setups? Because that's not okay. where we are. But I do think that th this idea of like, what is again, Lex Luthor? Treat him as the as the um, protagonist of this movie. What is his next step to catching the Flash? Because the Flash is integral to this time travel plot that only he knows about. It's how do you one up from the rogue geniuses, you one up to rogue superpowers. And I think that in terms of what's on the table already in this world, there's Bizarro Metallo Brainiac from the Superman movie. Yep. There's Hugo Strange's monster factory in Gotham that Batman just shut down. Yep. And maybe there's new gods tech from wonder woman but i don't know and the idea that it's like something left behind by mongol in the green lantern movie feels too convenient maybe this movie starts with lex luthor and hugo strange collaborating on the amazo android or some version of bizarro or yeah. could you just do Batman? like could could you have lex luthor be like look bats you know I'm a criminal and everything, but check here. Here's five files. Check it out. If I'm lying, you can. You never have to come back to my cell again. But if I'm not, and you know I'm not, it's you have a responsibility to track this guy down. Like, can we start with like Batman tracking down the Flash? Because honestly, to one up, if your rogues aren't doing it, who do you get? You get the people that have already beat you. You get the the heroes that are already winning to capture the Flash. And using Batman's pathos uh, against him might be a good thing, know. but it's been I mean, done. Our, I, I'm not against that. But I just think the task is finding stuff for each of the characters to do that isn't just stock filler stuff. Because like everything, uh, I, I'm yes ending everything. I just think as we as we keep keep rolling, uh, just finding stuff for people to do organically in the story, so that it ha there is a reason why they have to be just a, a, be be a league.
we got to get get to uh, the, these threats are big enough for them to have to to get together. I but I'm still I'm still trying I'm still trying to get us to the idea of the Justice Legion from the future comes back. I'm yes. just saying what what are the mechanics that get us there? And if the Flash is like the last linchpin in this time travel, like look this this character is an energy source unto himself. It's the biggest energy source conceivable. It's it's more energy, you know, the speed force of it all. There's more energy in this guy than in any machine we could possibly build. Based on this knowledge that I have from merging with Brainiac, I can build a time machine. I can I can get a I can get a mulligan. You know what I mean? So it isn't it is a, it isn't actually catching the Flash. It's getting the Flash to run in a spot he wants him to. So that he can absorb the speed force, he can uh, use the speed force. Now, that part, part, of, part, of, part of me, part of me thinks it is him catching the Flash, so he can do all this stuff. And I think part of the thing is, Luke Luthor is smart enough to get the whole world to try to catch the Flash, including Superman, Green Lanterns, all these different people. I don't know why that isn't good. I, 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 why do we have to still use this future? justice league thing if we're pivoting because at that point it's like there yeah. should only be one way to achieve time travel and that's the flash because if anyone else can do it then chasing the flash is meaningless fair totally fine with that okay so, okay so we're, we're going in a direction i i don't like the idea that lex luthor goes to any of the heroes to co-opt them into catching the flash and the only reason I say that is because I don't think there's anyone that he could conceivably get to or make a good case to. I, I didn't I say go convince them. I'm saying the overall zeitgeist of what is happening in the in in the media and everything is that this weird blur needs to be grasped. And the only person who knows actually exactly what he is is Lex Luthor. The only yeah. person on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just saying in that tenor, he doesn't have to go to them at all. Red Blur is running around and Superman's interested. Wonder Woman might be interested. Wonder Woman's probably not interested. But Batman, I think, is interested. Superman is interested. And maybe Green Lantern is interested in the in the Red Blur man and seeing what the hell that's all about. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying it, it isn't that he, he convinced them. It's, it's, it's a matter of fact. I mean, I agree with you, Ed, because if we make it at least in our DC universe that the speed force and flash is the only way that you can time travel. And there's no other way Then absolutely. The lanterns would want to show up. Everyone would be after this one guy because he possesses something that you cannot do otherwise. Uh, that's, I mean, that's totally fair. I guess I'm, my head is still stuck on Lex Luthor is the protagonist. So what is Lex Luthor's journey? I kind of don't care about the rest of the justice league at this point. Okay. Because okay. We will we will fit them into this movie. They're going okay. to be there. So, I, I, I get that, yeah. Yeah, so if I'm Lex Luthor, I gotta, I'm got. i going to capture... Go back even further. The world doesn't make sense unless it works exactly the way I want it to. That is what Lex Luthor is thinking. I am the smartest man to ever live. Nobody should be living differently than how I want them to. And so now that I've had that confirmed by my merging with Brainiac or whatever, the only way I can make this right is to go back in time and help erase Superman. Like what is the thing that stopped him from achieving his goal? It was Superman, right? To, to go back in time to erase Superman or whatever it is he wants to do, I'm going to capture the Flash because he is this singular power source that nobody else understands. But now that I've had a glimpse of it, I understand it's the key. So I'm going to capture the Flash. The idea being that once I capture the Flash, I will have ultimate power over time. That's Lex Luthor's motivation. 
that, and the reason he wants it is because he is so convinced that justice equals what he wants to have happen, right? Now, yeah. mm-hmm. what is his next step in doing? I don't care about Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, or Green Lantern at this point. What is Lex Luthor's next step down that road? What does he do? What levels up from I am working with this government-appointed group of super geniuses to catch this guy, and they all suck? And I know, Billy, you you pointed out, now I'm going to go to Batman and ask him. The only thing I will say is in our movie universe, Batman is still very much sort of this urban legend. He's not by any accounts a technologist. He's not by any accounts even a super genius. He's very limited over here in Gotham. So... I don't think that's super viable. Ron, to your point, maybe Lex Luthor has some knowledge of the lanterns. Maybe he is trying to get the power of some of the lanterns. I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with Wonder Woman and her story. I just, we need to start pulling story threads together, but it's the journey of what is Luthor's next step. Okay, because that's our first act, right? Uh, I mean, okay. That's our fighting incident. Okay, is this is this stupid? In the in the in trying to get some support to do, you said leveling up. What's leveling up? Is breaking Darkseid out of jail or so? Yeah, I understand. You don't want him to be a tertiary character, but this is very big. I'm just trying to kickstart something. Let what would he do? You're right. What would he do to level up? is going to the source wall and doing the biggest heist in the history of the universe is engineering Sinestro to do that or breaking both you know, whatever. I'm just, I'm just starting to yes. And all this the, with the, trying to involve the For green sure. lanterns, involve Superman, involve wonder woman, involve everybody, like something that affects everybody happens. And one of the things that definitely affects everybody is dark side getting out. And we put him on ice for a reason. He ain't a course light. We want to drink him at some point. Right. I don't know. I'm just, Throwing it out there. Uh, you know, that was my first one of my instincts about this whole thing when I was thinking about pitches is like involving parallax and then getting dark side out to stop parallax and that backfiring on everybody. But uh tabling all of that, I, I like the idea of, of 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 the hubris of 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 uh, Lex leading him to find something that he thinks would help him gain ultimate power uh, and that backfiring, which then makes everyone have to band together. But then we're doing the traditional thing and we're having Darkseid be the bad guy. Right. Um, so let me, let me let me stop you guys. Again, Lex Luthor's action is to travel back in time using the Flash. So if you're going to give him an even bigger action to even get there, I have to go to the source wall. I have to free a god from the source wall that doesn't really work. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, I've got it better. He just manipulates. He figures out who the Flash actually is. The Flash doesn't know that Lex Luthor is the guy who's been trying to catch him with all the, the special things, right? Lex finds out who Flash actually is. Or do they already know? Do they know? They know, right? Yeah, he's Barry Allen. Like, at this he's point, Barry Allen. And, yeah. and he offers, uh, as a an, another person also in run from the law, he offers a, a a safe sanctuary for Barry, and and this this also makes Barry in a situation where he can't where he's doing something bad that he doesn't mean to be doing, because in the end Barry's going to be a guy who wants to save people and use his powers for good. But for now, he's a guy just trying to escape. 
maybe that's an idea. We get him in a situation where Lex Luthor is manipulating a guy who has a good heart. And then, you know, eventually he gets out of that. But I don't, you know, that's the first step is him manipulating Barry into helping him. And then that backfires. I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind that. The I mean, it's very Lex Luthery. I, I don't mind that at all, given the fact that I don't want us to be poisoned just because Grant Gustin ran around a track for a bunch of times. But if you're looking at somebody with the resources to actually advise Barry about any damn thing, Lex yep. Luthor is one of those people on this planet. That's all I got to say about that. And he's and he's and he's also sort of an outlaw himself, even if the regular populace doesn't understand that. Even if the regular populace doesn't understand that, he is a maverick figure. And if Mark Cuban. You're a super-powered fugitive, and Mark Cuban wants to bring you to the practice facility and, 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 and guard you from everything because he has enough money and enough resources to in, insulate you away from you know, all this crap. And let's, let's get you figured out, buddy. Let's help you out. I don't mind that at all. Something in that vein. I don't mind anything like that at all. So then what happens? Because then after that, uh, the time-traveling uh, backfires. Oh. I mean – um, I'm saying an actual incident that hurts people, like during during trying to harness the thing for actual time or travel. Or if you want to bring back the element from earlier, maybe they, they practice time travel or they just go somewhere innocuous and come right back just to see that it works. Or even Barry opening up the time travel speed force, and that's when you get your future Legion coming back. Can we not have Barry Allen... Um, uh just so that we're all thinking about this. Sorry, I might have froze. Yeah, not sorry. Barry Allen. Just what? so that we're all thinking about this in the right way. I, I just want to say, can we not have Barry Allen just travel back in time because he runs so fast? Classically in the comics, there's like the cosmic treadmill. There's just a device no, no. that he yes. powers. A hundred percent. Whatever. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The yeah. point being, somehow this gets activated, and the second it's activated, it's, it's a beacon to the future that like, Oh, we tracked it back to this one time. And that's how you can marry these two storylines that we've been talking about together. Yes. Yes. And I mean, the, the classic idea of time travel is that you can only go back as far as when the time machine was turned on, right? Like if you look at physics, that is what they say. So the minute yeah. you turn on a time machine, that is the moment to which anybody from the future can come back. So yes to that. So then the Justice Legion or whoever shows up, and then because there has been a time breach, which is a universal scale threat, the Green, Green Lantern, Lantern. Show up to contain it. And so now we're laying on top all this. <laughs> this is all valid. Here we go. We're pulling it together. Flash, Flash manipulates Barry Allen. Okay, I'm still not loving that, but Flash and Barry Allen get together in the first act. Lex and, and Barry Allen. Me. Yes, Lex and Lex and Barry Allen get together in the first act, and they turn on the time machine. And what happens when they turn on the time machine? The most powerful version of the Justice League you can imagine walks through it, which is also Lex Luthor's nightmare, because he thought he was going to go back to stop them from even being formed to begin with. So his hubris bites him in the butt. Now... The Justice Legion is there and the Green Lanterns quarantine the goddamn Earth because this is a universal scale fuck up. Excuse yep. my language. And so. <laughs> oh, we're alive, baby. <laughs> so now we are we're in this world where Earth itself is under threat by the most powerful version of the Justice League you can imagine who want to take it over 
to prevent some future disaster. The Green Lanterns are not letting anybody in or out of Earth and are trying to quash whatever's happening here. And our heroes are caught in the middle inside the quarantine. It's almost like there's Snake Plissken in, you know, Escape from New York here, right? Like they just have to find a way to alter the situation as all this nonsense is happening. Is this tracking? Does anybody? I, I think so because then you yeah, also yeah. that would set up your scene that you want, Bill of Denzel, because it's like, why are you guys quarantined? Like, this is not your fight. And he's like, you don't know what's out there. We do, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and Wonder Woman could also be in there with him, supporting him in that because she's seen the shit too. Well, because and, well, no, no, I would say this, Ron. I would say that the minute the Justice Legion shows up and is like, we are taking over the Earth. The, the first three to actually battle them are Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman in their own way, right? And yeah. to Ed's point, they all get their asses handed to them. They get beat down in Act 1 because they don't know how to work together. They're all fighting independently, even in different places on Earth, and they have no hope. And so then they manage to get away. I mean, there's probably even some value to, like, somebody getting captured while the other two get away. Um, and then the Green Lanterns show up and nobody's getting in or out and the Green Lanterns are trying to contain the situation. And then you have first contact between John and Kyle and Batman and Wonder Woman or Superman and Batman, whoever hasn't yeah. been captured. By the I mean, Justice. yeah, a, a, a big part of this, man, I think we are, we are poisoned to the majesty of these guys meeting each other because we've seen it so many times. And mm -hmm. I'm just saying for Christ's, we have the power to finally give them proper introductions that show each character as magnificent. And again, I don't, I don't want to keep banging this drum, but at some point in this movie, yes, and they have to get together to be a league and fight together, but that involves trading partners sometimes. That involves tag team maneuvers. That involves actual chemistry. And, and I think that's great for the screen that I never saw in any version of Justice League up to this point. And here's my idea for that. Also, stealing a tiny bit, but making a twist on the Doom uh, of it. Is it that was it called Doom? Where, where uh, a Batman... Uh, has these files on all of the Justice League. Well, in this oh, one, he gets captured on purpose. He lets them capture him and and is observing so that he can learn about them and figure out a little bit of their ideas, their weaknesses, what it is that they could do to team up to beat them, even though in the face of things, it looks impossible. Then he escapes, You know what? I, um, comes in with some strategy. You know what I love about you know what I love about that too is that Batman being captured on purpose also allows for exposition scenes because this is a future Justice League and so they can kind of explain all the stuff that went wrong along the way. Which and is also a great fodder for a sequel when we do rip off Tower of Babel for sure, because right. now Batman's files are like, here's everything I know you mother effers could possibly do. Oh, and but just just yes, and that after after this as well, he has had contact with these guys, and to echo that scene of of Natasha Romanoff talking to Loki that time, he's dude. They're t they're from the future. They're not just gonna tell Batman stuff, but Batman gets the information anyway because he's a genius, and we get to see that for once, and not with karate kicks and stuff. He's in a jail cell, and they're giving him everything. From his interrogative, from him figuring out that from just how they're talking to each other, trying to code what they're saying to each other to make sure that this past guy doesn't figure out anything from the future, he still figures it all out. And once he figures out enough, he's like, "All right, Kyle, bust me out or whatever the hell," and he's out, and he can help the team. 
I think okay. that's interesting. Him as Hannibal Lecter is all I'm saying. I think that's interesting also. And I also love that Robin could be with the team and you could get some extraordinarily competent scenes of Robin sort of working surreptitiously with the captured Batman. Like the two of them have their own plan going on. And when Batman's ready, they rescue Batman because Robin's been on it the whole time. I love it. Mm. Here's another thing. The one difference between the Justice Legion and the Justice League is the Justice Legion does not have a Green Lantern. And the reason I'm saying that is I want the Justice Legion to have a bigger goal than just we're going to take over Earth and make it a police state where we enforce what's right. Which I also like as being you know reflective of what Lex Luthor started the movie wanting to do. But... They obviously have been able to create a time machine and they've been waiting for the opportunity to jump back to this moment in time. What do they ultimately need from this moment in time? They need access to the power battery on Oa, which is the thing that they don't have. It's already been destroyed in their future. I don't know how this plays out. I'm throwing it out there for you guys to do something with it. But again, it's just how do we make this more than just oh, there's evil versions here and there's good versions here and there's no quest and there's no nothing. We got to give it more than that. And so what is that thing that the Justice Legion are trying to accomplish? I think access to the power battery could be interesting. I mean, that makes 100% sense. And it's uh, why they showed up in the first place. They showed up there to get power uh, so that they could uh, have a little more control in their own future and pretty much just stay here now because they're all immortal, right? The, the three were, that sh are showing up basically are immortal. Well, okay, how about that? Okay, okay, I'm just, I got to get this out. The reason is whatever phalanx of Green Lantern force that comes to do this, to make this big task of, of covering the earth and all their hands and Death Star constructs and stuff, that has to happen in order for some aspect of the power battery or somebody who has access to the power battery to be there so they can grab that person and make use of the power battery. Maybe the power battery is hidden or something. There's a reason why now making this happen right now, they're coming back in the, they're from the future. They know how this goes. So if they go back, they have to do it for a reason, right? I think they provoke this thing, this situation, come back to this time because this is the earliest they can do it. And beyond just this is the first time they can do it, they provoke a situation that brings the power battery to them in some fashion. Love it. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I think we can also, I mean, and look, I think we can also, I know, Ed, your headcanon is that Hal Jordan and Sinestro went, down, went out in a bla blaze of glory back in the I, 80s, which I love. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Do it. Do it, baby. I, we can, what I'm trying to get to and what I have been from the beginning is how do we, keep inserting classic Legion of Doom characters into this movie. So if Sinestro is there as part of the Green Lantern Armada, if Bizarro is the tool that Lex Luthor created to capture the Flash at the beginning of the movie, by the end of the movie, you can have Luthor, Bizarro, Sinestro, and then I, we could have this happening throughout to sort of create a third antagonist. I'm just picturing a scenario in which they dispatch the Justice Legion, which could be epic if there's some time travel shenanigans involved or whatever. But then you still have like the Legion of Doom there ready to fill the power vacuum. And so that sort of becomes it doesn't have to happen. It could just be set up for a sequel. I don't care. I, I just. Yeah, I, 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 
I would just postulate I as long as we don't run into fourth act because I hate when action yeah. movies go into fourth act. So I'm fine with it almost being like a post credit scene setting up that now in this post Justice Legion world because you have to think too we haven't really set up that the people of this world kind of know to the extent of what is out there and this this event if if a if an alien police force puts you on covid lockdown like you better believe that it's a whole new ball game by the end of this justice league movie to yes like, and that to yes and that just so the justice just so the legion of doom isn't just a bunch of mustache twirlers because that's not interesting imagine you have i'm not throwing deathstroke out there because i love him so much but at the end of this movie and we don't have to put deathstroke in yet another uh end scene i'm just saying whoever the hell is making up this new league they're there because they honestly believe this is better than not being here i you know what i saw i saw a super future i saw a guy who looked exactly like superman beat superman's ass and talk about how he was for the future whatever i saw what they apotheosis of these guys and it's bad and yeah. if you wanted to enlist me to help that not happen, I am here with bells on. I don't have to twist my mustache to do it. It makes perfect sense to a reasonable person to be in the damn Legion of Doom. <laughs> I think that's no, I think that's great. And and so I guess I would just set up that like if if Sinestro in this movie gets his ass whooped and gets his power ring stolen, and that's sort of the the MacGuffin for how the Legion gets to the power battery that just leaves Sinestro in a perfect place to become exactly what you just described. Ed. Yeah. Um, so now I'm thinking, how do you beat the Legion once they have access to the power? Like, what are they going to do with it? And then how do you beat them? Okay. Well, I mean, that comes down to me, that comes down to uh, Batman uh, sh- says like, you know, look, I don't normally like working with people. Uh, I usually stay in my city. This I, I this is all too big. But if I don't do this, well, my city's gone too. So this is how we do it. And he says he teaches them theatrics. He teaches them the different ways that he fights, being bigger, stronger, better than him is than he is in Gotham every single day. And then he becomes part of the team doing that as well. Um, and so it's sort of it's almost. And we get something that I think is one of Ed's favorite things. A training montage. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't agree with the training montage, Jazz. I do agree that's though. A joke. I, I know. I know. But I do. I gotta say, Ron, dude, that thing about like, hey man, I fight people tougher than me all the time, and I whoop their ass. Ah, that's kind of interesting. That's a great scene for what. Again, I think Batman spends the first half of Act Two in captivity, and I think once he hooks up with these guys, that's a that's a great thing. I just don't mm-hmm. think we can make too much of a meal of that. Also, Rob, oh, no, stop, no, no, stop reading the chat, Ron, because that came up in the chat, and we don't need to address that. <laughs> I'm oh, just I didn't, I didn't read the chat. Oh, okay. Well, to use to you guys in the chat, in the chat, I know somebody was saying something about like Batman doesn't have a role in this, or leave Batman out of this, and we don't. Oh. Have to no, no. Um, so what I'm looking, I guess what I'm looking for is, so we start with Lex Luthor as the main character. I think he sort of gets sidelined, but if the theme carries through, if the theme of people who think they know better, trying to make everybody get in line, right. Using these, using this ultimate cosmic power, what's a satisfying resolution to that conflict how do you end this movie you know the justice legion 
They're here. They draw the lanterns here. It's all a bit of subterfuge. They attack. They steal at least Sinestro's power ring. It's almost it's almost the Hal Jordan story. So in a weird way, if we give a, a version of this in this movie, we don't have to go into too much backstory once Hal does it in the Green Lantern sequel or whatever. But they take the Green Lantern ring and they go to the power battery. And now it is the greatest power source in the universe. Maybe it's not the power battery. Maybe it's the source wall. Maybe we do bring the whole New Gods mythology back into this in a third act twist. Whatever it is, they are going to use that power. How and what are we going to do to stop them? Is it too much of a of a retread of Wonder Woman and also potentially a parallax to how like these were them? These were heroes that have clearly gone too far. Is it too much? to have some moment where they stop themselves at the very end. Like they make the choice that, you know, after some impassioned speech that this is not justice, this is not who they are because it is a certain point. It's like the only way you can stop them is if they choose to stop. And it's like, if they were heroes at some point, are you telling me like, that's all out the window? Mm. Well, well I mean, it doesn't that's mean why you fight at the end. It just means, you know, ultimately, like, could it be my, that they choose to go back because what they're doing is not justice? It's, you know, whether it be vengeance, whether it be whatever it is. That's why I liked my argument earlier about them hurting other people during this fight, even though, like, I don't know, Soups is trying to save people while they're also trying to beat him up. You know, like all uh, the, the regular Justice League is, is you know, Flash is flying around fighting this guy but also moving someone five inches so they don't get hit by a rock the you know superman is is covering a, a family with his body as uh you know power ring stuff pummels him you know all this stuff that they're doing that saves human beings affects the real heroes when they realize you know i don't know maybe some of them they don't save some of them and some of them die and i would and, just think yeah I don't know. I'm, I'm, yes ending you ron i just feel like superman at a certain point would be like we can't beat you flat out. We can't beat you. But if you're supposed to be me, this is not who we are. This is not what we do because ultimately I, I, you know, I think the only way you could stop these guys, if they have the ultimate powers for them to lay it down, which is true justice and anyone that could, that can inspire the worst impulses that we have to put them aside ourselves and not wait for someone to beat us to a pulp till we do the right thing, but to inspire us to want to do the right thing. I think that's kind of cool. I, again, maybe it's too much of a, a retread of where we've already been. No, but. no, no, no. Okay. Yeah, we, have also, make, uh, we have to make this work. Yeah. It's also the yeah, theme but, of everything we do guys. If you look back on everything that we have made uh, but, every yeah. single time, this is what we do. We spread power. We take the idea of, of justice and give it to everybody, and, and it doesn't have to end with violence. It doesn't have to – I mean, the violence has to be part of it because we need a great action scene. But I don't know. It, it meets has, what we do. You know what this has is this has shades of the ending of Superman Red Sun. Why don't you just put the whole world in a bottle, Superman? You know, that idea of, like, calling attention to – like, how many people will you kill – to make things good. Yeah. Like that is such a powerful question and such a disarming question. I don't know what the exact version of that is, but that. Okay. Can I, can I throw a grenade in here? 
what if part of it is the, the reason why a lot of this has to happen right now is, Bill, I think you said it earlier. What if a lot of this is saving Jon Stewart? You said earlier, there ain't no Green Lantern in the future. Why? Because something happened right around this time during this adventure, maybe, where he's gone. So one of the main things is to get to steal the power battery, to do the future stuff, whatever, to make sure that when they go back to their future, their Green Lantern people are still there because something around here ruined the lanterns and messed everything up or something. And I think that could justify why the lanterns are up in here so much besides just their celestial power and besides the fact that they have the power battery that does all this stuff. And I think just last things last, hooking that power battery up to the super machine that Lex Luthor made, I think it could be just a simple way to use that. It wouldn't have to be too more. Also, and look, I know we're not doing, I don't know if we're ever going to do something where we do sequels to everything that we've done. But if we did do that, that would set up a situation where we get, uh, um, so they 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 use the power ring. Uh, to, they come back to stop the uh you know to stop the green lanterns from uh not existing and then they're the impetus for that because by doing that and getting the ring themselves from sinestro sinestro becomes sinestro and then green lantern 2 is uh you know trying to save the green lanterns because they almost die i don't know it's just one of those things where like no there's there's something really interesting to the idea that like in our like here's the justice legion's point of view in our future, the Green Lanterns are gone and died. And we are facing a threat so dire that we are going to, like basically the Justice Legion are Kyle Reese from their own point of view. They're on a last ditch effort to come back to a time. It's a last ditch effort. Yeah, it's a last ditch effort to come back to a time when the power battery existed so they can take it back to their time to defeat some mysterious evil that they are saying will come to pass. And so there's something really interesting to if we can get them to stand down. And this was also weirdly the resolution to Morrison's DC 1 million. It's like they realize. All we really need to do is know that the threat will happen and we will make sure that that does not come to pass. You know what I mean? It's like the Justice Legion is so desperate to save their universe that they've come back, make this mad gambit to get the power of the Green Lantern so they could take it back to their universe. To Billy's point, Superman can step in. We cannot beat you. We cannot hope to beat you. But how many people are you going to kill to make the world right, which will hit the audience. And then the Justice Legion's response is, we will kill as many as, as many as it takes to make sure the universe goes on because you don't know the threat that we are about to face. And I don't know how it ex exactly plays out from a writing point of view, but it's like that could flip the switch of then tell us, we will become the preventative to the future that you are living in, right? We just and, made the Justice League, and that's and that is how the Justice League forms because the future Justice League that are coming back from a time where it's like we couldn't do the things to save our world. Mm. Tell us, and, and that allows our Justice League to be like we are not trying to kill you, we are not trying to destroy you. We want to know what you need to make the future better. 
And so it becomes almost a D-climax after, you know, a universe-spanning battle, of course. But, like, it becomes this thing where it's like, we are not letting you take the power battery back to your time. But we will promise you right now that when you go back to that time, it will be different. Because we will not allow these things to come to pass. I love it. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Superman having a big speech, even with himself or whatever, uh, or, or with himself or with, uh, with uh, you know, I don't care. But him, him having that speech with somebody while the super fight is happening. Yeah, it, it could give yeah. the audience chills if we set it up. It we could took give 25 different threads and somehow made it into one semi-cohesive <laughs> story. It's kind of what the story needs, though. Like, I, 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 I just, just one thing. The moment is... Everybody's still fighting. It's all still in doubt. We got Green Lanterns. We got the rest of the league. We got the Legion, maybe, or whatever. We've got a lot of stuff happening. And a big thunderclap happens. And two Supermen are there together. And they're telling everybody what's what now. I'm not saying just because they're the bosses. I'm saying them coming to an accord could oh, spark some, you know what I mean? It could be a real moment. You know what I mean? Having a Superman, Superman tete-a-tete that ends their fighting, and then they have to go back and end the rest of the fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Um, okay. Well, I want to talk just briefly about casting um, because... If this is a future version of the Justice League, and I think just for the sake of how we make this movie, it's not necessarily Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent, Diana Prince, who are these characters. In fact, I almost think it would be better if they were all heirs, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, H-E-I-R-S, heirs. <laughs> tell me if you... Tell me if you think that I'm off base, but I'm just, I'm picturing a world in which you basically have the goateed mirror, mirror universe version of all of our main actors as the villains. I don't love it. I kind of love the idea that like, no, put in some Easter eggs, man. Make, make it Batman beyond Terry, you know? Yeah. Or no, I think I do think oh, that like Clark would probably Damian. still be Clark though. I, or, or yeah. I guess you could do, Superboy, if you're like, we don't even have a Superman anymore, but it's like the you know, Clark well, is probably immortal. Dude, so. Wait a minute, wait a well, minute. Like a, you get you get extra pathos if Superman is is the evil Superman's father. You know what I mean? Think about think about what you could milk out of this. If if the evil Batman, the Justice Legion Batman is Damian Wayne, I, I don't think you could play it twice, right? I don't think both Superman and Batman are their sons, but if you get one son in there and then one person who just takes over the role, that idea of like, I am coming back and brutalizing my father. And even that could be late reveal, right? Like when the two supermen have their final confrontation that de-escalates everything, like, who are you people? I am your son. I mean, it's almost the reverse Darth Vader, right? Like just this idea. And that could be a turning point for like, oh my God, why are we fighting? Why are we, why are we doing this? I was going to say one problem is then if we do that, then um, the moment of if you're if you're me, then, you know, but I guess you could literally just be if you're like me, then, you know, and that would be. Well, see, but that, that, but that's why I kept. No, I think I get what he's saying. It, it, it's like if they indeed are them, then we get we could. I understand that the paradox doesn't necessarily exist that they remember this interaction, because, again, these have to be a future. For us to get around this, the whole point is 
they're wrong to say that they have to do X, Y, and Z. You know, not necessarily wrong, but like it doesn't have to be they you, you, you understand I, what I'm saying? I'm gonna stop you just because there's a comment in the chat. TR Mahama just said, I thought I thought it would be a cool, bittersweet idea that the league saves their universe here in the present, but the Legion still have to go back to their time, not necessarily knowing if their universe is actually saved. And I agree with that 110%. I think mm -hmm. that, I, let's get away from the idea that the future is not written, it's multiple choice. Let's commit to, no, these guys were all gonna die unless they came back and made this gambit for the Green Lantern Power Rings. And now at the end of our movie, we are saying, we will not let that future come to pass. You have to trust us. And the, the big moment is that leap of faith. We trust the Justice League. Made even stronger if there are children of those leaguers saying it to their faces and saying, just trust me. I will not let you inherit that world. I, that's, okay. that's kind of powerful. I like I it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm, I Ron, I'm, Ron, I'm Ron Swallow. I love it. All right. So we have obviously our Justice League cast. Uh, we kind of lost the thread of the Flash story in there, but he would definitely be trying to make up for, you know, what he feels is his responsibility um, yeah. for bringing these guys back here. Let's try to cast it. And we have our Lex Luthor. We said from the Superman movie, it's either going to be Chris Evans or Tom Hanks. Um, let's at least try to cast the Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash from the Justice Legion. And maybe we want to give them like a Martian Manhunter or an Aquaman, somebody that we haven't seen yet in our world just to keep Dude, it fresh. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's go with that. Let's go with yeah. that. Give it a buck. Let's go with that. I like it. Um, so... God, it's so tempting to just say Henry Cavill. Henry. Like I know. <laughs> it's so, it is so but, tempting. But it just just for the hell of casting, right? Superman, we could say, is Jonathan Kent or Connor Kent and leaving the door open for a whole Superman cloning storyline if it's Connor Kent. Um, we could say that maybe we never reveal who Batman is. I don't know, but it's it's somebody you could... You can make Batman a minority character. You can make Batman a woman character. You could, you know, this is somebody who took on the mantle of Batman 50 years hence. Um, Wonder Woman. Just get the cool Batman Beyond costume. I don't even care who's under it. I just want that costume. Dude, okay. I, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to do her wrong again. Never mind. I, I, I don't like Terry. I'm saying that now. And I'm not going to stop this beautiful train because in our universe, Terry's more qualified because of all this horrible stuff that happened due to our Batman making all these bad decisions. He didn't just inherit a suit somewhere. I'm just making it in my head cannon so he doesn't have to just get a suit and become a superhero because he has the proper DNA, Skywalker. I don't even care if you call it Batman Beyond. I just want to see but that yeah, suit. But the suit, yes, <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, that suit, because that suit is the apotheosis of Batman. It, every inch of it, every every nanomimetic inch of it is Batman's will and what he wants to do. And Batman with a bunch of crap in his belt fighting that thing? Woo! You got yourself a stew, baby. I love that. I love, love, love that. I mean, what if what if the the future Batman is actually Cassandra Kane? I, I I I thought about that, but again, I didn't want to do her wrong, baby. I, I agree with you that we could do it. I'm just saying, her getting the Terry suit. I just don't want people to do. People didn't like what happened in Birds of Prey, and I kind of bristled at it because she she was a Cassandra. Agreed, but if she's like fifty year old badass Cassandra Kane in the Terry suit, that still leaves room Ooh. Batman meeting fifteen year old 
Hey, so, man. You sold me, baby. You sold me. You sold me, baby. Cassandra Kane in a Terry suit. Sorry. And a ter the Terry suit doesn't do every damn thing. She's still a badass person with this accoutrement. Yes. Yes. So the Cassandra, the, you know, the, I mean, should probably be just like Michelle Yeoh or somebody like that. Oh, just and one and one thing, last things last, if she is the Batman of the future, I'm just going to say it. That kind of proves that things were messed up because there ain't no heirs to him. There ain't no heirs to Dick. There's no yeah. things got messed up yeah, <laughs> if she's showing up in a future suit of armor. I'm going to not win, by the way. Sure, man. Well, you are so watching the chat. You're a liar. You're I'm a liar. Not, you're I'm a not liar. watching the chat. I'm watching, I'm watching the chat and then I'm hearing what you're saying. Dude, but you're not I, literally, I like her a lot. She's I, did, I literally <laughs> just watched Mandalorian last night. So I, and, and, like, and I'll, I'll say to Michelle Yo too. I'll say Michelle Yo too. I was just gonna Ming Na Wen is bargain basement Michelle Yo. Like let's let's back <laughs> you, you out Bill. The last two episodes, I understand there may be some geeks in the chat that don't like New Trek. I don't need to hear it. All I know is they had two episodes with her playing an empress from the mirror universe, and she was so badass. She delivered every withering line. She delivered every stab and every spin move perfectly at like 55. Get out of my face, man. A, a, an older, grizzled Cassandra Kane from the future with a Terminator suit on. Do it. Execute. Yeah. Make it so. I could also see her being Zhang Ziyi, who I think is, is a closer match for Cassandra Kane, too, and is, is a great age for this. Um, I agree with that as well. All right, so for, for future Superman, who we're going to say is like a grown-up kind of weathered super boy and has some crazy – he could have his crazy telekinesis kinesis powers in this. Who, oh, also, one, one thing, he could also be a little old because oh, yeah. if he's Lois Lane's kid, he's half-human, so he can age differently than Superman. We don't have to have this immortal same-face thing. I'm not saying Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but that genre of person – Actually, I was thinking like future. you know uh, Bill's favorite John Ham. I was like, let's go. I dude, I would I would allow that in this scenario. <laughs> you know why? Because you're basically getting a mashup of Superman and Lex Luthor in one character. <laughs> Make it John Ham. Yeah, dude. Get I mean, it's it's just beautiful, and we can afford it because it's Justice League. Hundred <laughs> percent, and we only need it for one movie. Yeah. Yes. That's um, um those are master strokes. Uh we're hitting it, baby. We're doing it. Okay, okay. What's what's the story on our future Wonder Woman? Is this uh essentially like a Donna Troy aged up? Do we want this to actually be Wonder? Like, do we get the same actress and put her in some like haggard aged makeup? Can you do like Hippolyta? Like D Diana died at some point and her mom had to like adventure. Barda. Wait, what if it's Barda? We've already met Barda. She comes back with the Justice Legion in the Wonder Woman costume, like beat to hell, as if Scott Free had already died sometime in there. Missing an eye or something. 100% eye patched up. Yeah, I'm down. Who did we I, have to play Big Barda? Who did we Rosario? decide? Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Who would kill that? Yeah. Who would absolutely kill that. Down. Oh we did my it. God. That's the it, money, dude. And, and she has to, it's almost like somebody from the, when people from the future put on the Captain America suit, somebody has to do it. This time is so wrought with horror that someone has to assume this mantle. Someone has to put that on to inspire people. And I'm the only one that really looks the part in all ways. I'm a warrior. I'm doing this. I'm doing. Oh, it's beautiful. Okay, who's our future Flash? Who is definitely going to mess? I mean, 
at this point, I just want to make the future Flash reverse Flash. And we're going to start that storyline right here. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's that's a cool kind of twist on it. Yeah. yeah. You um, who's going to be in the yellow suit? and who's Because that character then can carry forward. It's like once, once we get rid of the Justice Legion and Justice League, we feel like, okay, now there's this threat hanging over us that something really, really bad is going to F up everything in the future. And we have to make sure that it doesn't happen. And the first inkling that it's coming true in our phase two is Reverse Flash shows up to menace Barry Allen, and it's the same freaking person. So who is that Reverse Flash? Well, just while we're thinking about that, another thing we're establishing is if Reverse Flash is coming back from the future to now with the rest of these bums, that shows that he can't run in time. This is a particular, again, this is a particular moment. There is a reason why all of this is happening. This moment is a weird one. Uh, this is just go with me here. What about like Woody Harrelson? Interesting. I I just think of like I I said uh, Woody Harrelson. I was thinking of his like um, his character from like Hunger Games, kind of like the you can tell he used to be such like an exuberant guy, and then something beat him down so hard that he's just not he's like a shell of a person now is is eli roth too old that's a, is he that good of a weird actor? choice yeah yeah he's he's i won't he's stunt casting that sucks i don't like it no but John, someone, as, as we're sorry as we're as we're marinating oh i froze again no you're here we're no, listening okay. As we're marinating, I just am thinking about before Reverse Flash gets in the portal next to the cosmic treadmill to leave at the end, he shares a knowing look with Lex Luthor, who's there. And again, that's another member of the Legion of Doom, right? Reverse Flash, Sinestro, Luthor, Bizarro. If we can establish all of them in this movie, not as the Legion, but they're all in this movie to be threads picked up on for later, I'm, I'm so excited about it. Anyway. What about Michael C. Hall, the guy that played Dexter? Oh, that's a that's a fan cast that's been floating around on the internet. That's not bad for Flash for for Reverse Flash. Oh, I'm I missed the memo on that. I'm just I'm trying to think of who we cast who could look like somewhat similar. Right. I mean, I I I love. A, I don't know what his. Are, are we making Reverse Flash? Are we committed to just making him some fanboy from the future? Because to me, if he's also an heir, and we find that out towards the end, like he, like this is our version of Bart or something, or some person who's Ooh. actually in the family, and he's all messed up like this, and he's the Reverse Flash. I think that's great. Like looking ahead to what the Flash's sequels and stuff could be. The idea that like this could even be Wally. Like make it a red, make it Wally West, and the Reverse Flash becomes. It's almost like he doesn't go back in time with them, or like he he finds a way to stay in this time because he's basically like a fugitive from a future that no longer exists, and that becomes and and then he could just be an evil version of a of a family member from down the line, um, which I think hmm. just just writing the backstory in my head, but. Short answer is yes. He could be Wally or Bart, anyone from the family. Um, what do you think, Billy? Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, if, I don't know. If it's if it's Bart, 
Um, well, shoot, if it's Bart or if it's Wally, that's a role for a uh, mixed race actor, um, biracial actor, because our our Iris is black, is Kiersey Clemens. So just something to think about as mm -hmm. we're talking about casting. Mm -hmm. um, what if what if it's Haley Steinfeld and it's a lady? Oh. Well, Haley Steinfeld was was second second and not no I, for, I forgot I'm sorry I, I'm forgetting I'm thinking of somebody else. Hmm. Yeah, I don't well, know. I think I think do we commit to male or female for the Reverse Flash? That's what I think. Reverse Flash should be male. That's my that's my my personal preference. I do too. What about Lakeith Stanfield? I know we've brought him up before. Yes. But Again, as as an evil Wally West, as an evil biracial Wally West, I, I want him to be in a room with Michael Ealy because I think Michael oh, Ealy looks dude. good. He's got those piercing like green eyes. He's handsome. He's obviously got a little right. mixing gotta, going on. I gotta look him up. Uh, you... Michael Ealy was the guy who played in the Almost Human. He played in. Oh um, yeah, no, he gets my vote. I that like him better. Awesome. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, and I, I, like I know he can act good enough to act like dude. I'm not just some deranged dork. I'm from a future that's messed up. I got in a mad trouble in there. He could communicate that. That guy is so much more than a pretty face. Just to not talk, over talk it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I think we kind of did it. Unless we want to cast a Sinestro. Anybody got any anything off the top of the dome for Sinestro? Uh, Fastbender. It's, it's such a shame that that Green Lantern movie was made. Because Mark Strong was such a great Sinestro and just had really nowhere to go. Um, well, just just well, keep we, in mind that could, he is a lawman. Give him a chance. Just, but keep keep in mind this. This is uh, and again, I know this is one of my pet peeve story things. But Sinestro in the story must be the sheriff that you know is going to act a certain way. You call him in when there's asses to get kicked. And he comes in and he's got to be predictable as if we get this dumbass to come do this martial law crap around the place, he'll bring the power battery because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to get caught off guard, blah, blah, blah. And you, you just know this jerk. If you provoke him, he's going to come in and overdo the thing and get get do exactly what you need to have happen. I think that should be his personality. The sheriff gone wrong. Who's the guy who played the Punisher? Which one? Yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, the one in the, <laughs> uh, the the Netflix, the Netflix one. John oh, Bernthal. That's not terrible. What if Netflix. What if we make Ron really happy and we go Jeffrey Dean Morgan for Sinestro? Yeah, yeah let's do it. I'm having a hard time picturing it, but okay, that's fair. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I'm just yeah, thinking yeah. if somebody is like, I'm a like that. That's sort of Negan's mo, right? Like I'm the I'm the law. Sure. Follow me. Um, I could buy him as like Kilowog. Um, Hmm. I mean, Fassbender is not, it's, it's like the safe choice, but it's, that doesn't mean it's the wrong choice. I don't remember who said it, but Ron, yeah, Ron threw that out there. Yeah. Well, it's not that important for this movie anyway. And maybe, I mean, maybe we don't even make Sinestro part of this. Just my own pet thing that I was working on there. Um, guys, I think we, I think we're hitting the, we're hitting the skids on this one. We are, uh, we're getting along in the tooth, but I'm going to say, We've achieved reboot. We did it, guys. <laughs> did it. Let's let's just recap this a little so bit. So wait, here. are we collectively directing this movie? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> oh shoot. That's right. We do need to let me let me recap the story and the casting as you guys marinate on director. Because mm -hmm. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. And of so, all things to be mega sized, dude. We did we we spent two hours on damn 
Fast Fantastic Four. This oh, this is, is so much. This is this much is, shorter than Fantastic Four. Right. So here's where we're at. Coming out of the Flash movie, Lex Luthor is obsessed with capturing the Flash because he believes that the Flash can be a power battery for a time machine. And so through some machinations that maybe involve um, um, seducing Barry Allen to his side, maybe involve creating something like Bizarro, he captures the Flash, gets him to run on our version of the Cosmic Treadmill, a portal opens, and the Justice Legion, a version of the Justice League from the far future, steps out and says, this timeline is screwed up. We are taking over to make things right. And they make short work of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman as the Flash goes on the run again, thinking he just caused the apocalypse, and they take over the Earth. But in short order, the Earth is surrounded by a Green Lantern armada saying there has been a time breach. This is one of the most dangerous things that could possibly happen. We have anomalies running loose in our time. This, though... Bat, by the way, Batman is captured by the Justice Legion and through some very tricky subterfuge style interrogation begins to glean some information. They're from this future, these terrible things that happen. They have a quest that's more about just restoring order on Earth. What is it? Meanwhile, Robin, Superman and Wonder Woman track down the Flash just as they are all confronted by Kyle Rayner and Jon Stewart. And we get my tasty Denzel scene of going around the going around the room. Oh, oh, you think you know what's going on here? You really think you know what's going on? Lays it down for them. But little do they know, the Justice Legion is going after the power rings. And Batman shows up, or they go to spring Batman even, just in time to learn this. Leading to a race across the universe and a giant battle on Oa, which we're seeing for the first time, because it was never part of our Green Lantern pitch, to capture the power battery. During this battle, Superman learns that it's because they are trying to bring it back to their time when a great evil is about to wipe out the universe and it's their only hope. And rather than fight their way to a resolution, Superman says, we will not let that future happen. And the birth of the Justice League occurs in that moment when the dual Supermen stop the battle and the, the future Justice Legion says, we trust you to make this right. And with a note of ambivalence, go back through the portal to their own time with the hope, the trust that our Justice League has enough in them to change the future. And so we go out on this movie setting up a very interesting albatross hanging over our whole franchise. Will this horrible future come to pass? And we might not even know what it is yet. And we've got our cast from uh, the original version of the DCEU playing those characters. And then we've got John Hamm as future Connor Kent. We've got Rosario Dawson taking, Rosario Dawson taking up the mantle of Wonder Woman as Big Barda. We've got Zhang Ziyi or an equivalent playing the Cassandra Kane version of Batman in the Terry McGinnis suit. And we've got, who did we say as, um, oh, Michael Ely, playing the reverse Flash, but we don't quite get into what his entire relationship and backstory is with our Flash. Whew. But it works. Yeah, it really does. Who's directing it? Really does. That was a long road. Um, I'm just going to throw <laughs> out my two picks, and you'll probably reject them both, but I'll get them out. Uh, uh, Martin McDonough, who did um, Seven Psychopaths, and he did In Bruges. Um, Interesting. I, 
I really think that he could do. I think he's just on the cusp. He 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 did um, three billboards, which was a smaller, more intimate story. But I think he he's just waiting for that for that big project. But I think he can nail all the all the smaller moments and within this big movie. Likewise, my other one, who I don't even know if he would do it. Uh, but is Alex Garland who did Annihilation? He did Ex Machina. But man, if you gave him a big budget and these big characters, and he would do it, I mean, now we're in my opinion, we're talking like Nolan taking on Batman kind of territory. That's interesting. That's super interesting. Um, I was going to throw out there Park Chan Wook who is a super accomplished Korean director who needs a shot at a big budget U.S. franchise because he is able to blend beautiful visuals with outstanding action with extremely uh, satisfying pathos. And he just needs, he needs a major Hollywood franchise. And I think that this could be the bonkers one that also like that little bit off kilter sensibility, like not quite mainstream American blockbuster filmmaking could really help this because it is going to be a weird movie. Um, well, I, maybe it's a, a recency bias and I'm not talking about the most recent episode of Mando, even though Peyton Reed, I got to throw him in there just because I really think he gets it. I really think he gets a lot of pathos. That's all I'm going to say. But Rick Famuyiwa did my favorite episode of Mando this year. It had the most to say it, uh, the Bill Burr episode for people who would know to me that struck a nice action versus why there's action uh, balance for lack of a better word. So I just want to throw him in there because, I, and it's ironic that he turned down in our universe, he turned down the flash or he got booted off the flash or whatever creative differences on the flash. This is a flash movie, but it is also so much more. That's all hmm. I got. Interesting. I got nobody. I'm supporting you guys on this one. I was going to say the Wachowski sisters. So, <laughs> You know what? That's not a crazy, given the just the scale and weirdness of this, that's not a crazy uh, suggestion. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think I think Alex Garland is a great choice. I think Rick Fumiyu is a great choice. I stand by my Park Chan-wook, so our, uh, Park Chan-wook choice. Um, but yeah, I think any one of those people could direct the hell out of this movie. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, now you can do it, buddy. <laughs> do your guys, thing. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. We've achieved reboots. We don't have the music this time. We are all going to be punchy as hell after that marathon right. of an episode. But again, I think this one is shorter than our uh, Fantastic Four episode, which was our last big live special. So, <laughs> guys in the chat, thank you for sticking with us. This was obviously a long and tortured road, but I think we came up with something pretty interesting. Uh, any last thoughts, guys, before we sign out of this thing? I would just ask people to think about the unsatisfactory movie that we would have if we had pushed ourselves to wrap it up around hour and 20 minutes in. Just yep. imagine. Imagine how not satisfying that movie would be. This movie's great. Yeah, I agree. I think that this... Um, Look, this might have been one of our most unvarnished looks at like how difficult this process can be sometimes. And I, you know, if you weren't here for it, I understand. But I was pretty happy with where we got to ultimately, even though it looked nothing like where I thought we were going to end up. It looked yeah, nothing like anything we thought of, which is why it's good. 
I saw someone say in the chat, like, oh, the, they must cut out a lot from the episodes. It's like, no, anytime we do DC, check out the rewinds for the DC. Those are always tough. And we have new rewinds coming, too. Oh, yeah. I want to I wanna say, guys, uh, as a, yeah. the host of rewinds. I oh, sorry. No, I was going to say. <laughs> As a host of Rewinds, that's clearly uh, we don't cut this shit out. It's here. It is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I love the rewinds. I love talking about. It. I love asking you guys questions and and hearing your thoughts and and uh, and and discussing the comments that we get from people. So, well, and that's the last thing that we want to leave you guys with is if you haven't checked out Reboot Rewind, Reboot Rewind is our official after show. We haven't talked a lot about what it really is, but if you've been there, you get it. If not. Give us two minutes of your time. Reboot Rewind is where we go back and re-examine episodes that we've done. We look at the story again. We look at the casting again. We talk about some of the difficult behind-the-scenes conversations that happened. We talk about some difficult conversations that happened on air, revisiting some arguments that we've had. And we answer fan comments. So the comments that you leave on the YouTube videos, we actually pull out our favorites and go into big, deep-dive discussions. It's all very unvarnished and unedited. And just in case, if you've never joined us for a Rewind and you don't think it's for you, we put together a little teaser. So before we go, take a look at a taste of our upcoming Reboot Rewinds. After an exciting and, and I, I would almost say invigorating session of rebooting, we have achieved Reboot. Welcome to Reboot Rewind, the official after show for Reboot It. Like so often on this show, I feel like we can come up with the it's this meets this. I can't do that with our He-Man pitch in a great way. You took the worst idea and you did it again? Like what is happening here? Everybody else is going to be nicer than me, but me, I don't, I think you're ridiculous. Every uh, movie I've ever seen where a dude falls in love with a mermaid, even if they're a good lady mermaid like Splash and stuff, she just swims away with this fool and all of a sudden he can breathe. It's like, I don't know if that's going down like that, man. Magic. Ed goes again, slipping a giant woman in the script. He's more like Tom <laughs> Peters with spiders. <laughs> I love this comment. You know, Ed's like, homeboy over here. I'm like, Billy, who is sitting <laughs> next to you. <laughs> I might be on record as saying this already, but I'll just say it. I think this is my favorite episode we've ever done. Where him trying to screw us, like challenged us and gave us the mutagen to become, you know, big turtles. We were little turtles and we got to be big turtles. Well, let me do that over. <laughs> no, there's no do-overs in the rewinds. There's no crying in baseball. There's no do-overs in the rewinds. <laughs> we are definitely cutting that. <laughs>So show up next week, December 26th. That's next Saturday. You're going to be in a hangover or a food coma from Christmas. We are here, and the first episode we are going to re-examine on Reboot Rewind is Jurassic Park, our viewer's choice episode. So come back for that. This is the finale of season three. We've got a lot of thoughts about what we did, but we're saving it for the rewinds. Right now, we would just like to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, a Happy New Year. Thank you for hanging out with us in the live chat. I know we weren't back and forth with you a lot this episode, but we had a lot of work to do. Thank you for supporting us all season, excuse me, all season. And thank you for supporting us through all of 2020, which has really been the year for Reboot It to grow, become the show it is, 
build something like the re-DCEU. And uh, we're looking forward to 2021, right, guys? What do you guys think? I need a break. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited for <laughs> I'm excited for the rewinds to blow off a little steam, and then, uh, yeah, season four couldn't we couldn't pick harder things, could we? <laughs> I hope uh, we I, do. I, I, I echo Billy's sentiment in regards to yeah. I, I definitely need a break from thinking this hard. But again, <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. If we just decided to do your damn fan thing you got in your head, or if we just decided to stick to our guns of what we pitched all the time and make these super short and bite size for you, they wouldn't be as great as they are. So please appreciate the the Coppola Scorsese esque <laughs> magnificence of some of these ones that are a little longer. That's all I got to say about that, buddies. I've got one thing to say, and that's that next year I will be recast by Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that hopeful note, we leave you. We are at the end of season three. We will see you for the rewind. Season four is coming, but we're going to take a little breaky break between now and then. So everybody, be well. Enjoy the end of your year and. Oh, I just I crap. No, you're here. You're here. Okay. Finish it off. Finish it off. Let's go, please. 2021. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. That's Billy Business. That's Ron Swallow. That's Ed Greer. Good night. Hey guys, this is Ron. If you want to check out what we are currently doing, all you have to do is go to the Rebooted channel on YouTube, and you can see our sweet faces talking about this stuff. We've got a new T Public store for you to get all of the cool shirts that you could possibly want. The mumbo gumbo, the pop art reboot crew, the classic logo, and then of course, the rebooted drinking game, which has Jensen Ackles and DJ Qualls, among other fan favorite comments. So do yourself a favor, go to tpublic.com slash user slash reboot dash it and pick up your favorite t-shirt. So thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting Reboot It.